Warning, this episode contains references to domestic abuse, violence, addiction, and mental health struggles. Today we are going to interview Bea, or perhaps her name is pronounced Bea. I'm not sure, let's ask her, who has experienced domestic abuse, but also a lot more than that. But maybe we shouldn't ask me, maybe we should get her on the air and ask her about her story, because her story is definitely worth sharing. Let's get started. Five, four, three, two, one, and we are recording. Hello, everyone. This is Bart, and today I have a new guest on my podcast. I'll let her introduce uh, herself. So tell me something about you, Bea. Hi. It's actually pronounced B, like the bug. B? <laughs> Like yeah bia or you don't pronounce the just you don't say pronounce B. the a so it's so, just b-e-a so, yeah. so you're just a, a bumble you're just b or bia yes ah it's i'm b. i'm from i'm from the netherlands so the way that we pronounce it we would we would call you bea if you came here yeah no that makes sense <laughs> no but it's just b like the bug i have like a b tattoo even to kind of commemorate it so mm, it's too bad that we can show it in a podcast but yeah insect tattoos are always a green uh, green flag but uh, tell me about yourself <laughs> and um, and your story that you, that you wanted to share so today i was going to talk about um an experience that i had with a narcissist um like textbook narcissism um and I think the best way to paint the picture is to kind of like also mention like my mental health and things like that. Um, but so there's going to be like, I'm going to talk about some kind of darker stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Some of it is going to be really wholesome, <laughs> I think, but um, there's going to be like domestic violence undertones and things like that. So just throwing that out there before I get started. Mm -hmm. Um. So like, yeah, I guess I'll just like paint the picture of myself. Um, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder um, when I was 18. And um, so like basically the hallmarks of it are abandonment issues and um, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm stuttering. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. You're doing fine. So um, I don't really know that much about uh, borderline personality um, disorder that well, but mm -hmm. does it um, does it involve mood swings or am I misguided here or how um, does that work? So it can, it can. So it's more of like uncontrollable or unstable like emotions, um, and then also it can be like. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of hard for me to talk about because like I have like a kind of secretive family that don't like to talk about mental health. So it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to do this. Um, <laughs> but I understand. So do you, do you feel ashamed if you talk about it? Or of course you don't have to share anything you're not comfortable sharing, but I know not... it's okay. Mm. Appreciate that. But um, I'm comfortable sharing. It's just really hard for me to <laughs> like I feel like I have to bite my tongue it's like an instinct that I'm also like trying to get over if that makes sense well, maybe that's the reason you wanted to do this right it kind of is yeah 
a little bit. Um, cause my story, like I've talked about it like on social media, but that's like typing it out where I can edit it. And then, um, I've shared a little bit about it, like on TikTok and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was mostly piggyback writing off of some of the other survivors of this. Um, so yeah, like I, this is definitely something that I'm new to. So <laughs> Speaking about it is a little bit difficult. Um, but anyway, we got sidetracked. So borderline personality disorder, um, abandonment issues, unstable relationships, um, like those kinds of things. It can be pretty explosive of a diagnosis sometimes. Um, and so I feel like that is really important with learning or when we're talking about my relationship with this narcissist also for the fact that he wasn't that great anyway <laughs> mm -hmm. I was just very uh I had low self-esteem <laughs> so, so so um when we were like um how old were you when you found out about uh about yourself I guess yeah so I was 18 but I had been showing symptoms of it um since I was 16 but my mom not really knowing what to do you know i didn't start therapy until years later um that kind of thing well i think uh, for a lot of um you know for a lot of mental health conditions it's normal to like be diagnosed when you're 15 16 70s for some people it's much later you know yeah should become older it grows it grows more evident i guess you know right uh, right yeah. and it's always difficult to transition from the part where you know you realize that you need help so yeah yeah but I'm fortunate that my first try with a therapist she's great I've been seeing her since I've since I was 18 um she also helped me through this process a lot so shout out to her <laughs> um so yeah I guess that's mm -hmm. really all the information about me I guess um just all of my relationships my entire life have been like really unstable um and I have been through like this circle of like dating life where um like people would be interested in me but then like never commit to me and like string me along like there was like a bunch of that <laughs> all yeah. over the years and so when I finally found somebody that was willing to give me like the attention that this guy was it was kind of like a dream come true I ignored all of the red flags for it just for the feeling of like reciprocation so I, I think I kind of understand you know I kind of understand yeah. how it feels you know because uh, I mean I think everyone wants to be understood but sometimes you're just not you know in a I, uh, in a position to be in a relationship I, I i i'm not making any assumptions about no, you you're... or or if of or if you were uh you know uh fit to be in a relationship at that time but i think at some point uh, in our life some of us aren't you know um, right absolutely when people accommodate you i guess you you hang on to that you know but um yeah. no uh, as far you know so far it makes total sense what you're what you're sharing and um I appreciate it. You're being really honest, even <laughs> though you said it's really personal. Actually, yeah. come to think of it, um, I had one short experience with a person who, uh, that's BPD, right? A borderline personality yes. disorder. Yeah. I, I, now, that, now that you um, told more about it, uh, I suddenly remember 
meeting someone who has that condition and she used to describe herself as having a burnt skin like in the sense that she is like very like touchy very um yeah vulnerable to you know to seeing signs of rejection or abandonment like taking the, sm- yeah. the, the smallest uh you know insignificant details and taking it as a rejection or being paranoid of rejection exactly I guess. yes mm-hmm. um yeah i once described it um to one of my friends were like have you ever seen the movie finding nemo finding nemo yeah when i was really young <laughs> yeah why <laughs> so did, did, ne- did nemo have bpd <laughs> No, I'm sure Marlon had some sort of trauma, but no, no, no. I mean, like I've compared it to like the shark scene where there's like those like um, they called them balloons, but they're like mines or something. And like as soon as you like barely touch it, like it pops and then causes like a chain reaction and all of them pop. Ah, so so that's how I described it. So you mean you so you mean like a marine mine, right? Yes. Yeah. Finding Nemo didn't invent those, but yeah, I know. I know. It was. Just, I watched it recently, and so I guess the first thing that came to my brain. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the I'm narrative... trying to be relatable here, Bart. Yeah, you're being very relatable. You're being very relatable. <laughs> so I think you know you don't. Uh, I think. Of course, if you have a BPD, it's more extreme, but I think most people can relate to being afraid of rejection and ab- abandonment. Yeah. I think everyone is afraid of that, but I guess such conditions take it to a, you know, take it to an extreme, but at some level yeah. it's relatable, you know? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, like, even if there's no signs that you're going to be abandoned, you still think you're going to be abandoned. And it's just like this like Uh super encompassing like fear in the back of your head just constantly like Mm -hmm. even if you're just totally making it up like like, that's my biggest struggle but (laughs) i mean i I imagine at some level it's also like a self-fulfilling prophecy right because the things that you do they they eventually they drive people away and then it reaffirms itself like them you know maybe it wasn't a fear because it's reality it gets Uh reinforced you know exactly well, first step is being open about it because, uh, I mean, you seem very self-aware. So I think you're very far when it comes to that. I really cannot make any yeah. assumptions about you, but from what <laughs> I can tell after it's talking okay. uh, to you for a short time, I can say that I am um, assuming that I think that you're one of the people who is dealing with it well, but I cannot make it assumptions. Yeah. I'm not a I psychologist, mean... but... <laughs> I've been in therapy, you know, I'm 24 now. So Mm -hmm. I've been in therapy for years. Um, And when I first started seeing my therapist, like, she's like, you know, this sounds like this. Let's do a little evaluation. I think this is how we can work on it. And then we've been working on it ever since. And like, I don't want to be, you know, aggressive and mean the way that I can be. And like, I don't enjoy feeling the way that I feel all the time and so like I want to work on it and I actively strive to work on it so I do think that I'm very self-aware um to a point where like I have to like essentially micromanage all of my thoughts at any given moment but I've gotten used to doing it and now it's just I'm doing a lot better than I was I've got coping mechanisms in my toolbox or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So, so you were young and you met uh, a person. And uh, mm -hmm. what age was this again? So I was 21. Mm -hmm. I was just about to turn 22. And I started, or I was working at a gas station. We'll start at the very beginning. <laughs> I was working at this gas station and this oh, yeah. man would come in every morning. And he was a plumber. And so, you know, he looked kind of nice in uniform. So I had a little bit of a crush. And then one day he bought my friend and I an energy drink because we were curious about the flavor. And I thought he was super kind and nice. And I was like super like thoughtful. Um, and if, so if somebody, when... if somebody gave me a monster energy, they, they win my heart. So I, I understand. Literally. <laughs> it was a bang. It was the cotton candy. No, bang. that's the worst <laughs> brand. It was, it was awful. It was really Ew. bad. <laughs> I did not enjoy it but the fact that like every morning he bought a bang and yeah. um maybe it was a, maybe it was a subtle hint you know he just wanted to bang or something yeah <laughs> there's some details there's some details okay proceed, we'll proceed, proceed. yeah yeah <laughs> okay i can like laugh about it now but this really was kind of like a a tough situation but i enjoy laughing about it now because it really was also ridiculous mm -hmm. so yeah he would buy the buy the, his energy drinks and then my coworker and i we um were like oh we haven't tried that flavor is it good and he was like yeah it's the best or something and then like an hour later he comes back to the gas station and buys two more and then he's like so like yeah these are for you you guys you need to try them and so we were like oh my gosh that's so nice you know like what a nice gesture and then he just leaves um and then yeah he just keeps coming in he's a regular um we're like chit-chatting and stuff and then a couple days later he has me on facebook and so i check through his profile and stuff and he's got great politics he's like funny he's went viral once for like a like a meme that he made oh. and so i was like okay <laughs> right right that's where the, that's where the heart yeah <laughs> sets like <laughs> that's a keeper he, he has a meme yeah and so i was like okay i i think this dude would be pretty cool to have on my friends list so i accepted it and then he starts messaging me and like i'm absolutely the type of person where i i don't enjoy messaging people most of the time there's sometimes like you know i'm I'm social and want to talk, but other times, like, I just, it's a lot for me. And so I left him on read <laughs> a lot or delivered a lot. Um, I, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Except that I'm so, the person being left on read, but that's, uh, that's. Oh, um... no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, but then I was having like a very, very hard time um, and I needed like actual like financial help because i couldn't afford medicine um that like i oh, desperately needed and that, so that's I, fucked up yeah situations it happens so um america yeah <laughs> i wanted to say i wanted to say that like that's that's the freaking uh, yeah. united states but i don't yep. i don't i don't want to sound like that bitter european no. guy that's just taking <laughs> swipes at america but it's so fucked up it's deserved. It's deserved. That makes me angry if I think about it. It's so dumb, man. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it makes me mad too. It really sucks. Mm -hmm. But I digress. <laughs> I couldn't afford my medicine that I definitely needed. Um, and I was having like a mental breakdown over it. And so I had like posted on Facebook, like, can anybody like 
help me out. Like I'll pay you back next payday, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I asked for like 20 bucks. Um, Cause at the very least I did have insurance. And so it only cost me $20 out of like the 400 it could have, but whatever. <laughs> um, and like, he sends me $50 and I'm like, Oh my God, now I feel obligated to talk to this dude. First of all, <laughs> and then uh-huh. second of all, like, that's so nice. Like I only needed the 20 and like, I was like, I messaged him back. Like, I don't know how I'm going to ever like repay you this money. Like, and he's like, no, don't worry about it. Um, just, you know, consider it a donation. And then, um, he said something about like, and then there was also another anonymous donor. Um, and then he said like his babe. And so then I, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but, um, I was like, well, considering it's your babe, like that doesn't narrow or like narrows it down quite a bit. If you're dating somebody, like I can figure out who it is and go thank them. Um, and then he was like, well, one of my babes. So very early, he like established that he was polyamorous. And we started talking about that because I've never heard of that before. Um, and then, yeah, I went and got my meds. I showed him a picture of my meds and like thanked him profusely. And then ever since then, we talked constantly, like all the time. <sighs> so do you think that at this point he was still being nice or do you think it was more of a cal- calculated effort? I think looking back at it, like it's it was definitely a calculated effort, like But at that time, like, I just thought that he was, like, a really nice and kind person, you know, because he'd already gone out of his way for me and my friend once. Like, now he's doing it again. Yeah. Like, you but know, that, like, 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 but what I wonder is how did they, how did he find you on Facebook, for example? That I don't know. That's kind of weird. That, maybe, maybe yeah. he has oh, been sure. paying, paying attention for you for a long time. Maybe. Um, but also, he was, like, a chronically online kind of thing and like yeah i imagine we ha- we you, you had like a name tools. tag or something maybe i technically did but i never wore <laughs> i worked at a gas station for way too long and i never wore a name tag that had my actual name on it for mm. this very reason <laughs> i also had three rules that i would abide by that i broke with him mm. i would never <laughs> date a regular or a customer and i would never date somebody older than me and then <laughs> um Oh, and I would never date a plumber because I think plumbers are gross. So like I literally <laughs> all strikes, all three strikes. And mm. I still went after it. So anyway, yeah. Mm. But I do think that he was kind of like, I guess, quote unquote, love bombing um, to get my attention. Like, yeah, I it do sounds think, like it. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely did that on purpose. But when he found me on Facebook, we had a mutual friend and it was my coworker um, who was also one of my best friends. And uh, she had hung out with him once before. And she was like, yeah, like, he's a pretty cool dude. Um, a little weird, but I mean, I don't think he's, you know, awful or anything. And so I was like, okay, cool. So like I did have like that. And so I'm sure that's probably how he found my profile, but Mm-hmm. yeah so he added like a a reference I guess <laughs> mm-hmm. but so as we talked we started to get very codependent um I immediately attached myself and my entire identity to him and it was not great um how, like, do, how does that work as somebody who who doesn't know really how yeah. that feels or 
Yeah. So basically, like every action that I did was to get him like to get some sort of reaction from him like whether it was any post that I posted anything that I like wore like literally everything was with him in mind and it becomes like very much a part of like your entire identity like in that way because like I didn't post something without him or like without thinking about him seeing it if that makes sense wow that's pretty um, that's pretty heavy you know It, it is a very intense and I think that's a part of like my attachment issues is like I get attached very very quickly um and like, I've since worked on this I do not do this anymore um I learned a lot of hard lessons with this man <laughs> we'll just is say it, that is it also because you felt like you didn't get enough attention or did you get enough but this is like just how you are or it's like I mean I've always gotten like like familial attention like I have a great family I did have like a lot of like trauma growing up with like sexual trauma and things like that um and so a lot of my self-worth basically became um how do I phrase it um mm -hmm. basically all I was good for was sex that kind of thing and then yes. my dating history I had like a lot of guys specifically like I'm bisexual and had a lot more better experiences with girls but with guys specifically um I had like this one guy who we were like almost in like a long distance relationship um just hadn't made it like official he came to see me uh, and stayed the night and he barely spoke to me the entire night um, <laughs> and so that that was a that was like my first hit that was my first hit which he and I are actually really great friends now, which is also the, a little plot twist. Um, and he's probably going to listen to this, but he's, he's really cool. And it was a circumstantial thing, but it did hurt in the moment. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess for him, it, it, for him, it must have been uncomfortable too. you know, sometimes it takes time to yeah. break, break the ice. You know, I think I've been in situations like that myself. I can't, yeah. re I can't recall any, but There's definitely been situations yeah. where, where, where the first time was awkward, but over time you get to know someone. I think it, yeah. com it comes down to he, confidence, I think. But then he ghosted me and got into a relationship with somebody else. So, oh, <laughs> like, well. A couple days later. But again, like, he and I have, like, worked it out and talked it out and, like, we're besties now. So I have no resentment to him. Um, but then after him, <laughs> there is this guy who strung me along for years being so mean to me and then love bombing me and then being mean to me again and like literally used me for sex and so that also was something you know that really <laughs> damaged the self-esteem and then after that I had another one happen and then after that a fourth one happened And so then when I landed on this guy, the plumber guy, him being just like, he got, you know, sexual pleasure, I guess, from other partners. And so it wasn't as much of a pressure on me. And so it, it seemed really, really nice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he would just give me like the emotional attention that I craved. Um, and like, yeah, like eventually like we became literally inseparable and once it, I believe it was like it, no it was literally on my birthday my 22nd birthday 
that he told me that he loved me and I had never heard those words you know before in my adult life and so I was like oh my god you know there's a whole thing would you consider it your your first love (sighs) looking back I don't think so I didn't actually love him I loved the attention um you know but at the time I thought so yes but yeah so I was just like you know absolutely bewildered (laughs) and so um after he told me that he loved me and I said it back I didn't say it back immediately but I did like the next day um after I had said it back that's when he knew that he had me I think because that's when things started to go downhill Hmm. and they went downhill fast (laughs) so um so when you said you're going downhill I guess now is the point in the story where it gets a little bit dark, but I'm also curious what changed and how. Yeah. So before our, I call it like a friendship because we never were actually technically dating. We never, it never, we never had that conversation. I was going to before um, the relationship ended, but timing worked out that I didn't but so our friendship was definitely romantic and but it was really close and we were more of just you know joking around like laughing happy-go-lucky um and like like a a very optimistic and type of conversation and after he had told me that he loved me um all of the conversations after that were not so happy Mm -hmm. um he started showing me his depression and like depressive sides and um like I wasn't equipped to deal with that because I was also dealing with that but I thought I was and so I was like oh like we can help each other and so then we had like this weird trauma bond happening and so we got even more codependent and it got to a point where I was literally living at his house um neglecting my animals at home because he wouldn't let me go home um I had my best friend fortunately who's amazing um they came over pretty much every day to let my dog out and feed my pets like because I was like we lived like 10 minutes away from each other but like he wouldn't let me go home he exerted force like he didn't allow you to do things so no he threatened to kill himself (laughs) Oh my god. He, it, it, yeah. For, for walking your dog. Yeah. For going to feed my animals. Um and then he never wanted to come over to my house like ever. Um, he did it. Yeah, he didn't like he came over to my house in the beginning, but then once he realized that like I don't know that I was comfortable with him, then he invited me over to his house because he was self-conscious about his house as he should be because it was disgusting. Well, I, I am <laughs> I, I am puzzled at how you being away for like 10 minutes would be such of a a threat to him you know right i don't understand that's very strange the only time that i was allowed to go home um was on weekends so during the (laughs) during the week i would be at his house and then i would be home on the weekends we both worked like nine to five jobs um and so it was also a little weird to me that we never hung out on the weekends because that was the only time that we had free time but I didn't think anything of it. Um, I knew that he had other partners um, that, you know, he sh- should spend time with. 
and, um, and that didn't bother you or it didn't bother me because it alleviated the pressure well th um, this is what i find strange because you said um <laughs> you you were very codependent on him and you yeah. know in some way obsessive but it doesn't bother you that he's like thinking about an, another woman that's kind of a paradox that's right so, yeah like you you want all of his you wanted all of his right. attention but you don't care that he has like someone else as well i definitely cared but i kind of had to train myself really quickly that if i even wanted this person in my life like i had to be okay with it like i had to be okay with a lot of things that i wasn't actually okay with um and then i just became okay with it like hmm. yeah I don't, I don't know how else to describe that, but like, it definitely felt like a punch in the gut, but I had to pretend that it wasn't because otherwise he'd leave entirely, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, I feel like it's just kind of back to the, I would do anything to avoid being abandoned. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I knew that he had other partners and yet it hurt, especially if he wasn't texting me um, because he was with his other partners. But I would just suck it up and put on a smile. Um, I mean, that's so crazy, though, that he like dem yeah. demands all of your time and all of your attention. But yeah. at the same time, you, you can't have the same thing from him. Right. And then get this. He also... I was kind of sort of flirting with um, this ex that I had. And like, it wasn't even like serious. Like it was literally just over text flirting. And he got mad at me for that. <laughs> Despite the fact that he had at least one other partner and like a lot of other sexual partners. <laughs> so this man wanted complete control over me, essentially. Well, it sounds so, like he had. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, gave him complete control over me um yeah at one point this part is like super embarrassing for me personally <laughs> in like a funny cringy way um so you know have you ever heard about how like you make fun of a kink and then it becomes a kink of yours mm, have you ever heard that no i haven't like heard. Some, so apparently does it work that way so yes apparently it's a thing that pe people who like for instance um <laughs> going off on side tangents i'm sorry but um people who like make fun of people with like foot fetishes or something are statistically more likely to develop a foot fetish <laughs> and so mm. i that's... yeah like that's like a whole scientific thing and i accidentally proved that correctly um with my what? own trial because because this man oh my god oh, and i don't think i mentioned he was 32 he was 32 this, and i this was 20 this is going to some fruity places now I'm it is it is <laughs> content warning content warning um but i won't get graphic i promise but no like this man at one point asked me if i wanted to call him master or daddy and uh. i couldn't I couldn't bring myself to call him master, but I also had been the type of person who had made fun of the daddy kink for a lot of years. No. And so, um. so I was like, okay, I guess I can be into it. And it also circles back to, I had to be okay with a lot of things that I wasn't actually okay with. Dude. But as I started 
calling him that it became more comfortable um so yeah that's a very embarrassing part about it so it just it also kind of just goes to show how much I changed myself for him mm-hmm. um, and you know this this guy could have been like a top CIA operative if he used like his brainwashing <laughs> talents for something useful incredibly like he was tech savvy like um he uh, was like a woodworker like he was really talented in a lot of these different ways but then he decided to be evil <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um so i guess circling back <laughs> again to the timeline <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah where 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 was i in the timeline um so you wear his little okay. dis- discord kitten and then <laughs> no <laughs> okay meow so after he <laughs> after he told me that he loved me he started to show like you know like the more negative parts of it and so I rationed that up to, you know, now that he's like, he's comfortable with me and stuff, you know, like we're really getting serious, that kind of thing. Um, But then uh, he admitted to me that he was an alcoholic and. um, And he kept it hidden from you? You didn't notice or? He kept it very well hidden. Um, Like anytime that I was with him, like he didn't drink. Um, Like it's very much like he has the self-control to not to. That's so strange but, as well. Yeah, this this man is a strange isn't, man. Isn't the hallmark of like someone with alcoholism that they can't control themselves from drinking? Yeah. Don't I don't even know. Like I, this man is an enigma. I think what it boils down to, actually, but I I feel like it would make more sense if I had talked about it at the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the story. Oh yes, continue. Um, so yeah he admitted to me that he was an alcoholic and that's when things started to get even worse that's when he would show me when he was drunk that's like through text and stuff like i could start telling that he was drunk ah. um so and like, he would get so it's like you unlock, <laughs> unlock almost like you unlocked that part of him or something oh straight up yeah that's what it felt like yeah um, you, you got the dlc <laughs> not one that i wanted to ever pay no. for <laughs> it's so weird um, oh god there's so many weird things about this guy um i didn't even mention to you that like his entire house like i think i mentioned it in like my submission for my story but yeah, yeah, um, we, we can go over everything so uh, yeah we'll it slowly <laughs> yeah it's so, like this his his entire house it was a trailer house which like i live in a trailer house they can be really nice and cute but his was he gutted it he put in new floors and everything but he never finished it Hmm. and so it was just wooden floors like plywood floors plywood like walls and stuff um there was like open spots on his ceiling where there was like fiberglass hanging out of and he would just let his cats go up in there in the fiberglass i don't even that would make me so mad but anyway um but then he also converted like the entire place into 
a little like DIY sex dungeon that he was uh, way, way more proud of than he should have been. Don't you think that's more remarkable than the plywood floors? <laughs> I have to paint the picture, okay? <laughs> You're like, man, man, he has really, he had really weird plywood. And oh, yeah, and he had a sex dungeon. I, what? I, I tend to start with the. <laughs> the least shocking details and then progressively get worse okay that's just yeah, no 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 that's how you're supposed to do it keep up you're gonna be keeping people engaged oh. you know? <laughs> so and it was all diy because like i said he was a woodworker and so he oh, made yeah. it out of wood um i mean homemade like, sex dungeon yeah it was some oh. real craftsmanship with made with brazilian hardwood oh yeah it was gorgeous with like yeah like blankets hanging up and like a curtain <laughs> Dude. If, he, uh, if he does ever find this oh he'll be so mad i'm making fun of it but i do not care <laughs> he needs to know that it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. oh god but yeah i that was the one thing that i am proud of myself like i i had i set a boundary that because of my sexual trauma i was not comfortable with that and he did very good with like not pushing that boundary at all but the very first day that I went over to his house um I sat on his couch and he put on the Disney movie Tangled oh, <laughs> meanwhile no, no, there's no, like a whole Disney is a red flag <laughs> there's like a whole sex dungeon behind me and then to my right this man collected chainsaws <laughs> oh what? okay Terrifying. this was so scary yeah. I i'm I'm, I'm, I'm still i'm still caught up on the plywood but <laughs> as you should that's really actually the shocking part yeah, no not <laughs> i think like the change the chainsaws like i think that's like more a major thing to notice right but yeah so yeah um, he also made like a specific, like he made like a homemade shelf that was like shaped like a coffin to display these chainsaws. Mm -hmm. And like, I thought, I thought it was like, okay and normal because he also had like a bunch of like horror movie memorabilia mm -hmm. and a couple of his like favorite chainsaws were like replicas of like the chainsaws used oh, yeah. in like Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh. and things like that. And so I was like, okay, so he's just a horror buff. Like, by the I way, I hate to interrupt, but we have to make a new call in uh, one minute. Okay, let's okay. okay, okay. We're gonna continue. Okay. Small, small interruption. And are we back? Oh wait. Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? All right, we're back. We're back. Now to the people listening, if you're wondering what's happening, we're currently using the free version of Zoom. <laughs> I'm too cheap to to pay like eleven dollars <laughs> per month uh, for the business version of Zoom. But that means uh, Zoom has a 40-minute limit on calls. So that means every 40 minutes we have to reboot the call. But that's fine. So Daddy was uh, getting crazy with his chainsaws <laughs> and uh, Disney movies. So back to you, Bea. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. The very first day that I hung out with this man, we sat in his weird wooden sex dungeon <laughs> on this little couch. <laughs> on his little couch that uh, i think uh, was also homemade man this is some silence of the lamp stuff right oh my god it's so bad and you are sitting there oh this is fine this is fine yes and i was like i like 
like dressed so cute too like I had like a pink skirt on like I looked super girly I like did my makeup I had my hair up in a little ponytail with like a pink scrunchie like I looked cute and then I'm just sitting in this like hellscape of a house watching Tangled (laughs) senpai will notice (laughs) oh my god it was rough it was rough yeah, that was like the first time I ever went out to, or went to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, where else were we at in the timeline? Well, here at the first time that you went to his house, uh, you described his house, I guess, and you told oh, him yeah. that you love him. So right, yeah. So I t- he told me that he loved me. Um, like after I had been staying at his house for weeks and weeks, except for weekends, because that's when he'd have one of his other girls over, but I chose to ignore that Mm -hmm. happening. Um, He was really good about texting me still, so I didn't care as much as I could have, but um, yeah, so yeah, after that, he started the alcoholism. Um, I started seeing him drunk more. he had told me that he had been sober for a bunch of years um, and that he just recently relapsed. But come to find that, come to find out that is not actually accurate. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I thought I could fix him because of course I did. I was 21. <laughs> <clears throat> so you have to wonder, uh, though, like what what are this this person's motivations? Not like that everything needs to have like a grand scheme. Maybe he was mm-hmm. just impulsive and wanted to have a lot of girls. But you have yeah. to you have to wonder what goes on in someone's mind. You know, what is like yeah. a, what what is his end game? So, I have a theory about it. But again, I think I I want to save that to the very end. <laughs> I want to give all the context okay, first okay. before. No, that, that's before very I, good. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, although yeah, like all of his behavior is like textbook narcissism. Um, if you like Google it, he fits every single bullet point. But um, yeah. So he would drink a lot, and then he would start being mean to me. Um, at first it was only over messages. Like he would never let me see him drunk. Um, but then COVID hit. (laughs) So when it was like March of 2020, um, I was working at a greenhouse at the point at that point. Um, and so like, I felt, you know, pretty immune to COVID. Like I don't, I'm not around people at all. You know, I'm in a greenhouse surrounded by plants. Um, but him as a plumber, he started to get really nervous that because he's going into people's houses and stuff, like it's just, and like, it's just a matter of time. And so he wanted to cut off all contact with me for my safety, quote unquote. And so then that triggered my abandonment issues. (laughs) So I start like, but like, I understand social distancing, but if you're like, but if you're like partners, it doesn't make sense yeah. to, to cut someone off because of COVID. yeah like he said that we can you know message and stuff but he doesn't want to like be in person like as like as badly as I wanted to understand that um especially as somebody who even now takes COVID like extremely seriously um because I have like autoimmune compromised loved ones mm-hmm. so like it was like definitely an internal battle for me but I was like <laughs> 
no, <laughs> no, you can't do that to me. Um, but it turns out he said that because he just wanted to get drunk more frequently. Um, because pretty much every time he would message me, he'd be plastered and then he would say absolute horrible things to me. Um, like insulting my body, like insulting my personality, just like tearing me down. And so, um, and then the next day he'd be like, like, I'm so sorry. Like I said those things because they're the exact opposite of the truth. Like, because yeah. I wanted to hurt because I'm mean and when I'm drunk and I'm so sorry. And it's like, of course I'm stupid. And I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, I say mean things that I don't mean sometimes too, I guess. So I just kind of let it go. Um, and then... I think the boiling point is where we're at now. So the boiling point, as I call it, um, I think it was January, February, March, April of 2020. Um, it's pretty recent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 was a hell of a year for me. <laughs> like, despite all of the global things happening, like, my personal life was just absolutely a, like, mm -hmm. shit show. <laughs> but... So, yeah, April of 2020, uh, I actually think it was Easter Sunday or something like that. Um, my mom made spaghetti for whatever reason. And, like, she only makes spaghetti on, like, special occasions. So that's why I think it was Easter. But <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, um, that's the omnius foreshadowing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. I knew that he was drunk and all alone on a holiday. And so I was like, I'll be nice and I'll bring some leftovers to his house. Um, <laughs> so I, I went over there. I knocked on the door. He answers super drunk. Like you could just see it in his face. Like he couldn't speak really. Um, it, it was like rough. Um, and we like go and sit on the couch and I try to like force feed him the spaghetti um, but he's just not taking it. And so I was like, okay, I'll put it in the fridge. You can have it later. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> hmm? No, sorry, continue. Oh, so we're sitting on the couch and he's just sit telling me, like, why are you here? Why are you here? And I'm like, because I care about you. And I know that you're sad right now and drunk. And so I just wanted to hang out and I missed you. And he basically called me a dumb bitch every time I said that and I was like okay that's fine um and then he started to get like really fidgety and antsy and so I was like do you want to like you know go do something and he was like I want to make something I was like great perfect idea go make something you know take your mind off of things you want to know what this man made mm -hmm. <sighs> this man thought it would be a great idea to basically make a homemade bomb out of gunpowder and like some sort of tubing and something else I didn't watch him do it um he just I turned around and he was like look what I made it was just a bomb I don't know if it would actually work I didn't want to find out so that was like the first scary thing that happened you know from your story that well, at the same time, he definitely doesn't sound like a good person. I kind of also feel pity. Right? It feels like this is a person with so many unaddressed issues, you know? Oh, yeah. It's beyond saving. Yeah. And, like, the crazy thing, too, is, like, 
he grew up with a pretty decent family. Like he told me that like his parents were abusive and stuff and that he didn't have contact with them. And I later found out through his ex-wife um, that that's definitely not true. He doesn't have contact with his sister because his sister cut contact with him. Mm. I think I, I could be wrong about that. Um, you never like, know. You never know what really happens, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, he's not a good person, but I, I, I wouldn't discount the yeah. fact that, that something happened in his life that made him that way. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that all monsters are made. Some are born that way, but I think the majority of them are made. Not all yeah. of them, but most of them, you know, it's complex. I feel like for him, it was like a mixture of both. And again, mm. Mm, I haven't introduced this character yet. <laughs> mm. I learned some information from another character <laughs> in this story, okay? So right now, we know as much as Little B did when this was happening <laughs> essentially this is how i'm trying to tell this story mm-hmm. so i uh kind of just take that that item that he made away from him and i just kind of stash it and hide it somewhere um and then he starts playing with this like really cool <laughs> butterfly knife um it was like pretty colors and stuff but then he was just like flipping it around and stuff and it was not safe not not OSHA approved by any means um and so I end up trying to take that away and he ends up cutting me with it by accident it was completely by accident and it was Mm. partially my fault for grabbing it but still it wouldn't have happened if he wasn't doing it so it was still also his fault Mm -hmm. um so then that happened uh eventually I stashed that as well I put that somewhere out of his line of reach and so then he moves on to the next weapon. <laughs> Ugh, I, I hate this man. Okay. So he had a gun that he swore up and down that he was just going to show me how to, you know, load it and like, you know, show me how it works, things like that. And I was like, you know, you know, to, know to me, it sounds like he was at this point just trying to intimidate you. Like, oh, you could, for like, sure. like, it sounds like something I would do when I was edgy. Well, not with bombs and knives. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, if you take something away from someone, you know, you 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 bring out more just to show yeah. something like that, you know. He was definitely trying to scare me. Um, Being contrarian. Yeah. That's, yeah. What that's what it sounds like, you know. I, yeah. I think he and knew so, your reaction to it. Oh, for sure. And so, like, I knew that in the moment. And so I told myself that... I'm not going to react. Um, I don't know to this day how I did it, but I straight up turned off all of my emotions. Like I had my poker face on the entire night after that. I was like, okay, if I want to survive this, I need to play my cards right. Um, And so at that point, I was like, I would love to learn how to use this gun. I would love for you to teach me, but I do not feel comfortable right now I do not feel comfortable with you like doing it right now. Let's, you know, do it tomorrow or something after you've drank some water. And then that made him mad. (laughs) Um, And so then he proceeds to literally chug half a bottle of Captain Morgan's, um, like a big, like the one with like a big old handle. Um, So then he proceeds to chug it and then like basically holds the gun up to me, like holds me at gunpoint. Um, 
I don't know if like the safety was on or off. Like I don't know any of the details about that. Um, but all I know is that, you know, my life kind of flashed before my eyes. Like this is a scary moment. Um, so yeah, um, I don't remember my memory about this night is getting extremely patchy because like it is low key traumatizing, but I don't remember how I did it, but I remember getting the gun away from him and hiding it in a plastic bin um, that had like a random assortment of junk, like had freaking boxing gloves, like roller skates, but then like also like a bunch of other random stuff. Oh, that's another thing too. He was also a uh, a referee um, for an all women's roller derby. (laughs) And so that's where he would get a lot of his victims was the derby girls. But um yeah so like I hid it in this like tote and I sat down with him on the couch and basically for like the next almost 15 hours I think um I don't know like the exact number of hours really but like it seemed like every three hours there was like this cycle where he would fall asleep um and he would like force me to like cuddle with him while he was sleeping and if I moved he'd get really mad at me and then um he'd wake up and then he would cuss at me like smack me like not hard like he didn't leave bruises which made it really hard to you know when I went to court but like he still was smacking me in the face and stuff a lot um and then like I'd basically have to like pacify him like a toddler until he'd fall back asleep and like that went like back to back for hours (laughs) it was just a cycle that we were stuck in until eventually he started to sober up and um like I don't remember what happened after that I don't remember going home I don't remember being home but I do remember talking to our mutual friend um who was also like one of my best friends and her telling me you know like this is wildly not okay and I was like I know I know I know but I'll I'll handle it like we'll get it together it'll be fine um and things were pretty much normal between us for a little while for like a couple weeks after that um um can you you really go back to normal after that yeah it's tragic you know you 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 strike you strike me as someone who really just needed compassion i guess (laughs) thanks (laughs) but yeah like as normal as we could be um but then there was one other detail that i'm leaving out but that i wanted to talk about but i don't remember what it was mm-hmm. take uh, your time if you need oh, what was it i don't know maybe i'll think of it later but so then i promised my friends that it wouldn't happen again i wouldn't let it happen again um but then i let it happen again <laughs> um but then that time it was it was getting scarier um it was it was really dark um he was telling me um which later apparently relies um that when he was in he served some time in the military um and he was like showing me the knives that he apparently had used to like unalive people um and then he posted while i was at his house onto facebook um this knife has killed more people than john wayne gacy i'm in a dark place 
like he posted that on Facebook while I was in his house. Do you and think, like a photo of life. Do you think that was a real story? Do you think they would admit a guy like that in the military? Or was it made up? It was definitely made up. Um, and I found out later uh, that one of my friends um, was in the same military group. I don't really know how the military works, but like they were there with him and knew him from the service and he never saw combat so i mean i mean even if he did like how how often do yeah. you kill opponents with a knife nowadays yeah. in, in modern warfare that makes no sense right exactly um and like i thought that was weird too and so like i asked him like um why he did it i guess or something and basically he said it was like sympathy killings or something like at, at this at this misery. point you still wanted to be with him after all so at this point i was terrified <laughs> i actually felt fear but again i was not gonna let him see me be upset i did not want him to see a reaction out of me so when he fell asleep i messaged our friend our mutual friend and she ended up coming over and um i unlocked the door for her quietly while he was still asleep and um then he like fell asleep on me and so I had her like basically grab all of the alcohol bottles and dump them down the sink and after that he woke up and this night is the night that I have the foggiest memories this night was it was the worst um most of my memories at this point are from our friend and I like talking about it later Ooh, um, but, like, but like throwing away the alcohol of somebody in that state that's mm -hmm. probably the, yeah. wor the worst thing you it, could have done it wasn't a good idea <laughs> no it's not it was not a good idea um but so she dumped one bottle down the down the drain it was the one that he had already finished half of um and he had there was two empty bottles and then half of that bottle that he was currently drinking and then an unopened one um because there were a lot of money we kind of did feel bad about you know draining the unopened one um and so basically i just held on to it the entire night and wouldn't let him have access to it i tried hiding it he would find it i would take it away from him um and then there was this one point and like my memory is so spotty about this part I really only know a lot of the things that my friend and I have like hashed out with each other again um but I remember standing in his makeshift kitchen <laughs> like he barely had a kitchen <laughs> that's what it was that's what it was that's what that other information was from earlier um, I also wanted to talk about the spaghetti from that night, um, how I went to go get it out of the fridge to help sober him up. And I went to go microwave it. And this man had a like $6,000 refrigerator, like like $10,000 stovetop, um, no microwave. And the only thing that he even had in his refrigerator was like fast food, essentially, like Taco Bell. This man survived off of Taco Bell. He ate nothing else in the stupid bang energy drinks. Oh my God. 
he was so unhealthy I don't know how he didn't have a heart attack but yeah that that was just another tidbit about (laughs) that I wanted to bring up um you know so maybe this this is a little bit of a conjecture okay I feel like you know if you would have gotten just like support you maybe needed you wouldn't have gone along with all that nonsense that's what i think oh that's, for sure that's that's the conjecture yeah yeah no un- unfortunately that's absolutely the truth yeah um, I, I'm, I was... lis- I'm listening to this i'm like damn yeah there's so many moments i, know. I, know. I would have run away but... i know and like no dude. not judging you by the way i know no, you, you I, were probably in a bad, bad state of mind but no like i especially after you know like two years of reflection <laughs> like i was definitely naive like attention starved um yeah well i would have done like anything for like a romantic attention specifically because like anytime i wanted it with somebody i didn't get it you know so well you, at this point you may at the same time you're kind of like a stranger but i can tell you you're worth way more than this so i hope you yeah. remember that you know thank you i am really happy like now like i have an amazing partner and like things are good now and like i definitely learned so many lessons through this experience um that have been really great for me and like really great with for my personal development and growth um and handling my own mental health and all that jazz so like it, it all worked out in the end, but God was it a wild ride. Okay. So, um, how did you get away eventually? I think we still have to go to that point. Yeah. How, how did you escape? So from daddy. Basically. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It cracks me up. Oh my god. Okay. So. Don't laugh too much, or it's gonna trigger a new fetish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So that night I was like holding the bottle of this Captain Morgan's and while my friend was like talking him down because he was threatening to like unalive us. Um, and like, I just, I remember basically just zoning out. Like I just stared off into space, just kind of shut down holding this bottle um, while she was talking to him. And it was like, yeah, like that's all I can really remember. But then eventually she ended up, like, she's the best. Like, she was raised by a therapist. Like, she's been through some awful stuff in her life. Like, she's so smart. She was able to talk him down. And then we were just kind of sitting on the couch waiting for him to sober up and things like that. Um, and we were just kind of joking, having, like, a, a quote-unquote good old time. Even though, like, every yeah. time that he would, like, even touch me i would like flip out of it um Babe, but he was let's, too drunk let's watch notice. tangled yay yeah <laughs> yeah like the good old um, times huh? right right but yeah like every single time that he would like touch me i would like freak out and like she definitely noticed that and like he also noticed that she was holding my hand and so he started fetishizing us because both of us were bisexual and so Wait, he was what? like yeah he, he started fetishizing us what because we were holding hands and he was like so you guys are like into each other like we're best friends dude like we're very close we just kind of ignored it didn't feed into it he made comments about like having a threesome and crap and like we just ignored it 
didn't let it happen like happen obviously so, so dude is at, at what point at what point did you forget that this guy has a literal fucking bomb somewhere <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah I, like a, he I could have blown up it. the house or something he really could have yeah um and surprisingly this night isn't the worst part like it's definitely like the catalyst but it's not the worst part <laughs> mm. We're, we're getting there. This is like the beginning of the climax of the story here. Daddy is getting naughty. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. He was like just being creepy and gross. And it was just making both of us really uncomfortable. But, you know, we still stayed there because like we knew that there was another side of him that wasn't as yeah, you disgusting can and awful. You, you can still fix him after the bombs and the guns and right? the chainsaws yeah. and the abuse and the yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm superhuman. Man, it's it's <laughs> crazy. Friend. It's crazy how far being in a meme, you know, takes yeah. you. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Uh gotta have that internet internet cloud I mean, you know the takeaway is don't trust guys who drink bang energy yeah never trust them straight up you know that especially they, they have, they have like this cholesterol? they have this really nasty cotton candy flavor that's and like the, that's the flavor dude that's the flavor mm, that he bought my friend oh my and I. fucking god that's the flavor it's so bad it's so disgusting dude, it's worse that's worse than the bomb like how can you enjoy that <laughs> absolutely if he would drink one like he would switch up the flavors but he would very frequently buy that one and that's why she and i were like what does that actually taste like and that's why he bought it so yeah this all started because of the evil cotton candy bang so yeah <laughs> don't trust oh, wow do not trust men that drink bang especially when they're in their 30s <laughs> so yeah anyway the very next day um, my friend and I were texting and talking about what just happened and I was like yeah like I cannot go through this again like this is the second time now and like it's really taking a toll on me um, and she was like yeah like I, I don't think that you need to continue talking to this man and I of course didn't listen and I was like well what if I made up like a support group for him and his alcoholism because he's great when he's you know not drunk um, and so I decided I made the decision to finally reach out to his other partner. This is where it gets juicy. This is where it gets juicy. <laughs> this is where it gets juicy. Seriously. Did I, did I not say that this is a wild story? <laughs> My God. So um, I reached out to her and I was just like, hey, listen, like, I, you know, I know you don't know me, um, but here's the situation. Here's what happened. I can't handle this by myself. Um, so I was like, really hoping that like, we could get together, like, some, like his friends, like his loved ones, and like, you know, create like a support group for him. So that way he's not alone and like, isn't doing this to himself and to other people. And all that jazz. And like, pretty immediately, she replies back. And she's like, hey, yeah, he's done this to me too. Um, we should talk. And so we spent about four hours on the phone that night. And so not only had he done the exact same thing to her, um, 
with like you know holding her at gunpoint things like that like all of that all of it the exact same um he also lied to her saying that he and I were just friends and he lied to me saying you know that they were in an open relationship which they very much were not um and so she had no idea she knew that we were friends but she had no idea that like we were romantically involved and so when I said that like you know I've never had romantic attention before like I just kind of clung to it she was like wait 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 stop right there and so we from there we kind of I guess fact checked each other like with like his story and like basically everything that he told us about his entire life was like different in different ways um and we just kind of sat there for four hours unraveling his lies crying together um like dealing with you know all the crap that he had been putting us through at that point um oh there was another thing too um at one point he and I actually did drink together we were drinking together I was I just said screw it and I started drinking with him but I don't remember a lot of that night but basically he like because he would do this a lot where he would purposefully make me cry um because that would like turn him on um yeah it was really fucked um he would do that a lot and so that night of course because he was drunk it was worse um and so he just was bullying me the entire night um to the point where I was like sobbing on the floor just in like a fetal position just sobbing um so he's just straight up sadist then yeah yeah and then of course then that turned him on and so and then he like basically drug me by my hair to put me in the bathtub because he had like this weird gigantic bathtub that he was like weirdly proud of that he had like a tv set (laughs) mounted above he was weirdly proud of that thing but yeah and so like yeah he like drug me by my hair like it was very physically abusive at that point too like it was like a whole entire thing and I still stayed like and I still let that next time happen um and like he also like took unconsensual photos of me in the tub sobbing my eyes out um which later was evidence in a court case (laughs) there is no red flag that hasn't been checked yet, I think. I know. I know. Oh, my God. I just chose to ignore that. <laughs> like, like if I try to imagine, like, a, a villain. Yeah. Man, <laughs> that's so exciting. I have been making the joke a lot recently that I am unfortunately a main character of whatever sitcom or not even sitcom, like soap opera. <laughs> like I am unfortunately the main character and like he is absolutely my the big villain. <laughs> now, <clears throat> the thing is that there's there's reasons and there's justifications, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking there must be a reason this person acts this way, which by the way is not a justification right like having mental health issues does never justify behaving this way it explains it but it doesn't make it okay at the same time i wonder like what's the reason you know what yeah that some of it is just like i don't know it sounds like so much effort and for what you know right like like, (laughs) there there must be some underlying issues 
with this man? I truly do believe that he has narcissistic personality disorder. Like I true truly believe that. Um for like an example, like there was one time I found his Instagram um that he abandoned years ago and like he's like a 32 year old man he last used it when he was like in his 20s and so it was kind of cringy you know but like in an endearing way in my opinion i'm I'm 29 so (laughs) (laughs) So, i thought it was like endearing um but like in a cringy way and so i i told him that and he didn't talk to me for hours because i upset him um so he could could take very little blows to his ego exactly exactly but but what's there to be proud about i mean you live in a sex dungeon and you you groom women and you're drunk and you have bombs like literally like what the fuck if this person had like any any you know ideas of grandeur about themselves it must be straight up delusions it must be straight up mental illness that's what i think yeah like you you cannot live in a situation like that and and afford to have an ego. I'm sorry to say it, but I mean, that's how it is, right? Dude, he also had two cats, and he like never cleaned the litter box either. And it was like one of these litter boxes that like yeah. all of like the urine would pool in the bottom. Oh. Um, it's it's always so, crazy people and cats, huh? Like me as a cat person, like. Oh, oh, oh no no now you're don't worry you're normal. I didn't. Mean yeah, you. I am so. actually totally normal. That makes sense. And check that checks out. Actually, never mind. <laughs> I think you're nice. That's what matters, right? Okay. Good. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm not crazy. I get it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but so yeah, and then you would just like let it overflow and like to the point ah. where like urine was like seeping into the wood of oh, the floor. Uh, and like, like I at one point I at like, one point. Huh. Oh sorry. I, I was getting a weird mental picture of it overflowing. It's like the three gorgeous <laughs> dam in China or something. But anyway. Yeah. yeah it wasn't pretty um I was stupid and a people pleaser and at one point I even like cleaned his house for him Uh and like I was the one who dealt with that dude you would make an you would make an you would make an excellent nurse I swear (laughs) no I swear you should be a caretaker (laughs) I'm not even joking when it comes to animals I'm less grossed out by it but like when it comes to people excrements, like mm. I, I can't really handle that. But like I work for like I work with animals for a living. So I work at a pet supply store where we have live animals. Um, and so that doesn't bother me as much. Like I'm very it's very hard to gross me out when it comes to animals. Yeah. So but when it comes to people, I, I can't I can't do it. Like human blood and like human excrement. Like I, I can't. <laughs> nope. Mm. But I could absolutely work at like a shelter or something, like you know, picking up dog poop. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I deep cleaned this man's house for him because I was like, well, sometimes my mom comes over and she helps me clean after like a really bad depressive episode, and so sometimes we just need help because that was too nice for my own good, and I had to deal with that, and it was just awful. <laughs> mm. Oh my god! So yeah. Anyway, back to the timeline. A little, another little side adventure there. Um, I like side so, adventures. <laughs> my brain does too. So it, it's, <laughs> there's, it, there's a lot of this. It's like Lord of the Rings, but more fucked up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, 
um, I, I got into contact with his other girlfriend, like, um, and we, yeah, told each other everything that he had told us, um, and like fact, like compared the stories and everything. And so we were like, wow, this is really messed up. And so we called him out on it. Um, she actually lives two hours away from us, which is why he would never have me over on the weekends because she could only visit on the weekends. Ah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, literally the night that I deep cleaned his house, I he wanted me to do that um, or kind of kind of manipulated me into doing it really um because she was coming over the next day and he didn't want her to see the disgusting mess that his house was in <sighs> so um we called him out on it through like text and stuff and he was definitely drunk unfortunately and they both kind of fell off on my end it was mostly because like she's his age too and so it was mostly her kind of handling him especially since they were officially like boyfriend girlfriend too yeah um and so i just had time to just kind of decompress and just tell my my friend what just happened and all that stuff um they were on the phone for like three hours and throughout that three hours um it was bad and she had her roommate at the time record the audio um of that phone call and the entire phone call essentially was he's going to kill himself if we call the police he will kill the police at one point he compared it to waco which i don't know you're from amsterdam if you would know what that is or you say it again waco waco yeah waco so basically yeah like w-a-c-o mm, yeah no, it so basically it was like a mass shooting that happened because oh. america has those <laughs> and it was like a really big popular like one i guess um so he compared it to that if we called the police um which we did anyway <laughs> we definitely called the police and we told him like the officer like everything that he had just said like if you go up to his porch he will probably shoot at you um and i think and at, i think at this point we have a cliffhanger because i need to make a new call okay <laughs> sorry for the interruption but we're up for okay. another one right yes okay you're okay. doing really well i like talking to you okay let's start <laughs> you. let's start a new call all right i'll be right, all right. are we back can you hear me uh, i can hear you can you hear me hey, yes i started missing you really oh <laughs> i think we're i think we're becoming codependent oh yeah yeah we totally are I can't live without you now. <laughs> Ooh, daddy is pleased. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't help myself. Anyway, no, um, you're you're good. <laughs> well, it was, oh. the story was getting um, kind of juicy, and you were thinking of involving the police, and then Zoom yeah? Zoom kicked us out of the call, and we had to restart. So there you go. That's where All we are. Right. So we do end up calling the police um, and we let the officer know like exactly what he's, you know, been saying um, and like the fact that he is threatening to harm the police if they show up and stuff. And so, um, yeah, that that's all going down. And I hadn't heard from 
either of them in a while at this point. And so I was getting nervous. And so my best friend, who I joke, but also not joke, um, they're my platonic life partner. Like, we're besties. (laughs) Um, We actually end up driving to his neighborhood. And we see, like, nine or ten cop cars and police officers with big, like, scary-looking guns. Um, And so I'm, like, hyperventilating because I still don't want them to hurt him. Um, (laughs) And especially with, like, America's reputation with, like, you know, police violence. I don't... I wouldn't be. I, I I wouldn't want them to hurt him either. But it's for the best. Like the way everything you point. everything you described, I'm convinced <laughs> this man is going to kill someone if he went unchecked. So I'm very oh, yeah. convinced. So, but at that point, you know, like I still cared about him, and so with like America's reputation with like police violence, like I was like super nervous. Um, and so I like start hyperventilating in the car, and then an officer actually walks up to the car and sees me like sobbing. Um, And then because like I had talked to him on the phone um, at one point. um, So he was like, are you B? And I was like, yeah. And I'm officer, whatever his name was. And this is the situation. We knocked on his door and he came out and he said that everything is fine. Hmm. Fine in what way? Yeah, he, he was fine. Like, he wasn't, like, a danger to himself or others. Like, he was just hanging out, watching TV. Yeah, just, wa- just watching. Yeah. Just watching Tangled with all my chainsaws and my <laughs> bone. He's fine. Just yeah. an average so, American. You're right. Yeah, that's what he told I me, mean, please. If, didn't you tell them about the explosive device? I'm pretty yeah. sure he... Yep. Did they find it? No. Oh. So... <laughs> Unfortunately, police don't really do much. There's not a lot they can do um, within their own little rules and stuff. And so they couldn't go into his house. Like, for all intents and purposes, this was a welfare check um, to them. Um, They had, you know, brought the big guns just in case. But for all intents and purposes, it was a welfare check because he was suicidal. And so, yeah, he told them that he was fine. There was nothing going on. Everything was chill. And so um, the girl and I, his girlfriend and I were like, well, what the heck? Like, um, what the absolute hell? (laughs) And so she and I basically just stopped talking to him for the night. Um, We told him that we will talk to you when you're sober. Um, And of course, she and I stayed on the phone all night, bonding, you know, having a great time. And uh, the next day, obviously, he sobered up and he's just giving us that whole, I'm so sorry spiel. Like, I'm, and then he was like, I'm a terrible person. I can't believe I've did this. I've done this to all, like, you guys. Like, I didn't lie because technically, you know, like those kinds of things, like picking holes in our stories almost. And so that was just mentally exhausting. And at this point, I had called off of work for a week straight. Like, I called out of work. Um, I was about to get fired. So I quit my job because of how stressed I was over this entire situation. Um, And over that course of the week, like, we were still, both of us were still talking to him. And um, I was letting him know, you know, that I was upset, that I was, you know, hurt, that he would have to work to, you know, gain any sort of trust back, um, that kind of thing. 
and um you know he was love bombing me so he was like oh of course you know I'm so sorry all that jazz um well he was simultaneously doing the exact same thing to the other girl but Mm -hmm. you know um and so yeah that happened for about a week and then she and I made plans to actually hang out and so I drove up to her city um two hours away and we had like a little sleepover where we were hanging out and bonding and talking and stuff and unfortunately he found out and that's when like round whatever happens like round four five (laughs) i'm i'm afraid of you saying like oh this is where things get juicy (laughs) (laughs) well here's some more juice i guess different flavor man um so this time he like I had let it slip that I was hanging out with her and he was like oh so you guys are probably just you know talking shit about me and stuff and I was like no you know we're mostly just talking about like our interests and stuff and like this girl is so cool like she uh she's amazing um (laughs) and me being from like a small town in like middle of nowhere Kansas um like she's like a celebrity to me like she's so cool and so we were like bonding and like talking about that stuff we weren't even really talking about him yet and uh but he got paranoid and so he got drunk and so he got mean and I stopped talking to him completely that night like I just I turned my phone off um because I just I couldn't deal with it anymore like I was so emotionally exhausted like I could not stop crying I quit my job because of how tired I was Mm -hmm. and uh so she was you know just kind of battling him through text and doing the hard work of you know putting him in his place and stuff and so yeah the details essentially are the exact same as what they were um yeah so yeah we burned all of the belongings that we had of his (laughs) and we had like a whole healing bonding moments and like yeah we became besties and then um I think it was like less than a week later um he was literally just he was doing it all again like it just kept happening and so eventually she came down here and um stayed with me for about a week and um we went to the courthouse and we filed petitions to get restraining orders against him and uh so that's a that's another bonding moment (laughs) that's very girl power of us um yeah and so we pretty much got it granted like a temporary one immediately based on you know the details that we provided but we still had to go to court um to actually make it permanent like less than like a month long um so we did that and meanwhile we're kind of sort of like outing him on social media like on Facebook like I posted this big thing like about how I can't even remember it was like you know this dude is a piece of garbage don't trust him that kind of stuff um like he was actively dragging my new friend's name through the mud and I don't tolerate that so like I just laid out onto Facebook like all like not all the stuff but like a majority of like the big things that he did you know like holding me at gunpoint holding her at gunpoint all that stuff and made a big public post about it um and uh just to yeah like warn people I guess because this dude is in my town 
and preying on other people apparently so yeah then we go to court and we didn't realize that we actually had to see him in court like he could he was like coming to defend himself so that was a that was a thing um that was shocking he was like at the end of the um oh hallway and we were on like the other end and we like even picked out our outfits and stuff we like coordinated our outfits and bought like fancy court clothes together like it was like a whole girl moment but uh yeah and then we saw him and we were like he was wearing a mask and he was like actually like dressed up nice and so we were like is that him I don't think that's him and then it was him and she went first um and we had the night before went to staples to print out screenshots of all of the threatening messages that he had sent us um she hired a transcribing service to um transcribe the audio file of the phone call that she had like we brought so much evidence that the judge just literally was by the time i went into the courtroom the judge was like do you want a restraining order against this man do you want an order order protection actually is what it's called i was like yes and he was like okay sir what do you have to say and he was like just give it to her (laughs) he just gave up (laughs) and so the judge was like all right (laughs) and i got my order because she did the hard part of presenting all of that evidence and it was just it was so much and I'm so grateful for her for like doing that because like I was trembling the entire time I was not not gonna be able to uh create a case for myself um especially being in the same room as him oh it was scary but yeah so I appreciate yeah I appreciate her for doing all the hard work there um and making my job really easy do do you think he would be the kind of person to you know also look for you at the place where you live because it's so, it often sounds like you went to his place instead right do you think he would yeah. be the person to stalk you in return or? me no hmm. um <laughs> there's more details later <laughs> there's more there's more to the story <laughs> i have all the time i have all the time go off we're go getting off. close we're getting close but <laughs> We're getting, I guess I should say, we're getting close to the end of his part in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the PFA, the Protection from Abuse orders granted. And the very next day, we were on our way to a flower shop because she and I both really like house plants and stuff. Um, and so we were, you know, going to treat ourselves to some, some new house plants, some comfort plants. <laughs> And uh, we pulled up into the parking lot and she gets a text message from him saying that he's going to kill himself. Doesn't that already break the restraining order? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yup, it sure does. <laughs> and so immediately we call the police again and we're like, hey, we literally just got this like this PFA against this dude. Um, and he's already texting me, like threatening that he's going to kill himself. And so we like drive to a store to meet the police officer <laughs> um, because we were kind of far out of the way. So we like meet the officer halfway and we show him the text message. He takes like a screenshot or whatever of it. And then he gets arrested and Ooh. he's drunk as heck. Um, 
And so, you know, we're celebrating, we're having like a little sleepover type of thing and um, eating a lot of junk food, just having a good old time, watching movies, drinking wine yeah. and watching Tangled. A- <laughs> we watched a lot of rom-coms, like cheesy, like, I think uh, we watched like 50 First Dates with like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, like those kinds of movies. <laughs> things that just yeah yeah. just some normal romance would be nice (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly just some hand holding and kissing you know yeah no bumps no bomb threats (laughs) just just happy you know happy stuff um and so we're doing that and things are fine um uh like one of my friends brought me like a bottle of wine to celebrate and stuff. And so we were having a great time. And then, but that only lasted for about three hours until we got notification that he was out on bail. <laughs> oh, who paid his bill? Apparently he did. Apparently he did. Cause I mean, like he was a plumber, so he did make good money, but that definitely drained his savings. But yeah, so then we're back to being like anxious because like, oh, great. Now is he going to retaliate? Like what's going to happen? Fortunately, nothing does happen and we don't hear from him again. Um, And then a year later, we had to renew our um, restraining orders and stuff. Um, And uh, that's pretty much the end of his side of that of that story Hmm. yeah i have not spoken to him have not seen him um really since um there was like another instance where he got really popular on tiktok oh no and like yeah he got really popular oh my god this is the last person you want to be popular on an app for teenagers Uh uh-huh exactly and so um we like that's generally disturbing like it's almost it's almost like a happy ending you know in some way for him you know (laughs) it's fucked up as it sounds you know so we kind of booed him off tiktok (laughs) really yeah how 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 do you kick someone off (laughs) so she makes some tiktoks of like you know saying this user is an abuser (laughs) that rhymed (laughs) um and new slogan for your campaign right <laughs> so yeah this guy did this to me and to countless other girls um and like because of the facebook post that i had made originally um i had gotten into contact with so many other girls that he has done this to like how is is he like super handsome like not really <laughs> i mean i thought he dude, was but like listen he's, I don't conventionally attractive. I don't. (laughs) I I don't have bombs. I don't have over (laughs) overflowing cat litter boxes. I don't don't have knives and guns. Okay, and sometimes (laughs) girls don't even text me back. What am (laughs) What am I doing wrong here? How's this guy? Because you don't have bombs and knives, duh. (laughs) How does he have like uh, dozens of girls to manipulate? Like how? Um, it's also because you don't have uh, you don't drink uh, bang energy. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> oh, man. That's why. That's what it was. <laughs> so no, like the reason honestly why is because he's just that good of a smooth talker. Like he is extremely charismatic. Like you listen to him talk and you just 
fully believe what he's saying because you look at his eyes and he looks like he's like super sincere. He has really kind looking eyes. And so you just kind of maybe because he believes him, it's uh, believes it himself, you know? Probably. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, you have those kind of you have those kind of liars who just believe their own lies. I mean I you can't have more confidence than that. Yeah. Because, like, he would tell me about his ex-wife, who I am great friends with now. Like, she's one of my besties, too. Um, He would tell me stories about how um, she would abuse him. And, oh, that's another red flag I forgot to mention. Um, He does have a record of domestic violence. Uh, I stopped counting the red flags a long time ago. But, yeah, Yeah. that one can go on the record. But he justified it by telling the story of how she abused him and because of you know the way that the court system is it's very according to him biased against men and 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 then he got popular on tiktok it sounds like you're describing andrew tate i swear (laughs) this is andrew tate (laughs) andrew tate is actually at least better looking than him (laughs) well that's something that's saying something too (laughs) does does he have a bugatti or what no (laughs) god damn oh god God. so yeah he like justified it by telling yeah telling me that his wife abused him and then the cops didn't believe him and so he got arrested instead because he had also been drinking um but he conveniently left out the part where she was like literally beaten like badly um like hospital bad um so i didn't find that out until after i had met her and talked to her um but yeah it was i think from that he learned very quickly that although he has these like abusive fantasies that he very obviously can't act on them and so he found other ways that aren't against the law so 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 all of this was just for sexual gratification or what i feel like this man has very violent fantasies like i think that yeah he's also a pervert but also like eh, so the point of all the suffering is that he just can jerk off to all of this is that it that i don't know it wouldn't shock me to find that out but like either way like i do know that he has like or i do suspect that he has very violent fantasies that he wants to act out on but he doesn't want the repercussions for them and so he does it in other ways that won't get him imprisoned you know i do believe that he wants to hurt people i do believe that he wanted to hurt me like um, what like like kill you or cut you or yeah I also forgot to mention as well um, that the entire time that I was with him and he was like holding me at gunpoint and like, at, you know, knife point and stuff like that, he was saying like, I'm going to murder you. Um, but then I talked like, I didn't talk it up. Like I turned it into a joke. Like I told him like, you don't have my consent to do that. Like not right now, like maybe later, like those kinds of things. I'm kind of like trying to turn it into a joke to deescalate him and it worked but yeah like did it arouse him to say those things to you i don't know um he was really good about i guess i guess consent um 
and so he was good was... about consent he has like I a do- know. he has a dozen I rest- know. he has a dozen restraining orders like how is that being good at consent like <laughs> i mean like in a sexual way <laughs> like right like that's the one good thing like he had going for him is like if there wasn't consent for like a sexual thing he wouldn't do it I mean, didn't he get didn't he get off to you crying while he bully bullied you yeah but did you, I did let, you consent that to that happen. unfortunately i i did yeah you consented yeah. to that yeah sure did <laughs> oh man yeah it was bad it was really bad but yeah so at least there was that and then me saying that he didn't have consent to um you know murder me it it worked <laughs> <laughs> like it worked it got oh. him to not murder me <laughs> man it, that's that's like some that's like some exploring with dora kind of stuff like swipe <laughs> swipe or don't steal you know don't murder me oh damn <laughs> oh Jeez. god so yeah i i think that this man wants to hurt people i i think that you think so what what gave <laughs> it away what gave it away Well, I mean, I can't know for sure. Like, I don't actively know what's going on inside this weird little brain other than sex. That's all he thinks about otherwise. But, like, I, I definitely think that that's the case. Um, sad, though. And then, yeah, unfortunately, he learned through his ex-wife that he can't physically hurt um, because then he'll go to jail. Um, and so then he started to go into more like emotional abuse and that kind of stuff. Um, oh. And then just pushing the limits, you know, <sighs> with, like the guns I, and things I, like that. You know, what I don't understand is like, I know I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have weird kinks or fetishes or right. Is it really worth indulging your whole lifestyle? You know, devoting your all yeah. your behavior to to getting off? You know, I don't understand. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know some people, like, I became, like, I became friends with. Did he ever go to, go ever go to therapy or did he have ever. He told us at one point, he told us at one point that he was going into a 24 hour hold. um, But that turned out to be a lie. So. Was he ever diagnosed, you think, with something? But because. No. therapy or anything like me saying that he has narcissistic personality disorder is literally just because he checks every box on google so like i i'm not like a professional i can't actually diagnose no neither am i but like neither am i but i swear i'm pretty sure if this person uh, saw a mental health professional i'm pretty sure there is a lot of things going on And, yeah, and like I'm, I'm not saying that like to make fun of it, but no, like this is not the kind of behavior you would expect from somebody who has all his marbles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, There, there's no better way to say it, right? Like, no, you know, that's the perfect way to say it. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's that's it. But like, I do think that if he did go to therapy, he would most likely lie to the therapist and schmooze the therapist. <laughs> of course, I mean you. So, yeah. You you need to you need to want to be helped in the first place. So. Exactly, and I think he enjoys what he's doing more, like too much to want to change. Um, but yeah, so I became friends with at least twelve 
other girls and there were more that like spoke up and like came forward with their stories yeah there's and there's at least two dozen like at least um that has like come forward with like stories some varying in you know severity and stuff but you know some are just like he was like really creepy and like awkward like in a bad way and um and then some are like yeah he also used weapons against me (laughs) kind of thing so like it definitely varies but some of the worst ones um we all kind of you know trauma bonded (laughs) and became friends and started a group chat together and um yeah there's 12 of us in there um including the original girl um that I reached out to and we actually are best friends now (laughs) like you know what's weird how how is being a person like that even legal yeah (laughs) you have to wonder right yeah yeah especially since when i had to renew my restraining order against him uh last year to yeah no yeah last year i think either way (laughs) when i had to renew it um, I had to fight tooth and nail that time to get the um, judge to grant it. I had to have like, like he didn't want to, like you can tell that he didn't want to grant it. But, but I had a statement from my therapist saying like, I actively have like post-traumatic stress disorder from this experience. Um, and like, it was just like this whole letter about like, you know, how this you know, PFA is a very important source of, you know, comfort for my mental health, even let alone physical safety. And I truly believe without that letter from my therapist, I would not have gotten it. But shout out to her. (laughs) Aren't you afraid that someday your restraining order is not going to get renewed? What's going to happen then? Yeah. Um, Do you you live close to him? Unfortunately. Yep. So I, it, is up i think in june this next year um i don't live alone anymore so at least there's that (laughs) i did when i was seeing him i don't anymore um but it is definitely like a source of anxiety for me now um that it's getting closer to it but i also know that i have um support and i have a game plan for if and when it he tries something but I don't believe that he will come after me because the other girl do you think he took the L I feel like it with me yeah he doesn't seem to have interest in me anymore however because of how cool the other girl is she was kind of a status symbol to him um Mm. like she's like this she's so cool (laughs) like like i said me being from a small town in kansas she's like a celebrity to me um she is an animator professor um at like a top like art university um she has worked on like tv shows that are like super popular for like um big like networks and stuff and like that's just the coolest stuff like she's worked with like some celebrities and she even um hired me at one point to be an assistant for her on a music video that she was animating and so like I've had so many really cool experiences because of this girl and I'm like just so thankful for her oh she's awesome but because she's so cool she was a status symbol and therefore a threat to his masculinity 
and he we have suspicions that he's been messing with her in ways that technically don't violate the restraining order um including sending anonymous emails to um her place of employment Mm. With, and like I had like a friend who was like super tech savvy and he it's so like, tiresome, you know. Some people are so I, yeah. tiresome. Dude, yeah. It like it never ends almost. But for at least for me, it has pretty much ended. With her, he's he's she's the one that he's been messing with the most. Um he's really not happy. It, bl- with her. it blows my mind that you're sharing all of this and then you're saying like <laughs> Oh, he. W- I wasn't even the person I met. Yeah. He messed yeah. with the most. Like this. Yeah. This person is just uh-huh. in a constant state of turmoil. Something just ruining people's lives or what? Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. The fact that I'm not even his worst victim is insane. Because, like I said, like I have been diagnosed with PTSD from this. Like I have nightmares about it. Um. Like it's it's rough, and yet. I'm not even the worst case. Like, I'm just the one that triggered the end of it, <laughs> essentially. Well, if anything, I'm happy you're, so, you're, I'm happy you're so open about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be if it wasn't for the support of our little survivor group chat, honestly. Like, they're all just amazing people. And, like, they're all so cool. <laughs> like, they all have, like, awesome, like, talents and stuff. And, um we just kind of support each other through everything yeah. um it's you been should, you should make like a cult devoted to stopping this guy i swear uh, we kind of have like we call our group chat a cult or a coven even like we're like all little witches <laughs> like, <laughs> so and, yeah uh, and as of today he this guy is still just i don't know he's just, doing, he's just doing do whatever he's doing yeah, I do know that he lost his plumbing job for some reason around the same time. Um, and I think it's because he, like, was actively um, maybe going he, into... Maybe he tried something mm-hmm. with a client. That's exactly it. Yes. Oh, was, I'm not yeah. even surprised. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's why he got fired. Um, so I know that he's not doing that anymore. I think I don't understand. Like this, this, this guy is just twenty four seven on some kind of sigma grind set to just I don't know <laughs> gaslight every woman that responds yeah. to him. Oh yeah. How? He's a master, a master Dude, at gaslighting. Like how? How is how is sex even worth that? You know, like. It wasn't. It was not. I mean, I mean, most people like sex, but like devoting your whole life and your whole personality to it, and your whole sex dungeon, and getting restraining yeah. orders and ruining your life. Yeah. You jerk like, off, and it's like ten, so- <laughs> 10 seconds of pleasure. Okay, you wasted your whole life for it. Now what? What's your What's your end? Like, I don't understand. He He was in like the kink community. Um, oh, he was like a pretty, of course he was. Um, and so, like, through that, like, I've become, like, friends with some of his, you know, friends from that community. And, like, they're actually down-to-earth cool people that I absolutely adore. Um, yeah, they're a little funky and freaky, but, like, you know. You, those you, you adore everyone except him, the way you talk about everyone. <laughs> like, I do. I generally do love every I mean, person ever. I mean, if, I, you know? I mean, if you compare everyone to him, everyone is going to seem like. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I really am the type of person where I just I absolutely adore 
people until they prove me otherwise. And I think that's why I held on to this dude for so long because I saw some good things in him, you know, that he obviously fabricated um, to show me. And so that's why, like, cause like, I just, I held on to that. And that's why I ignored the, all the red flags because like I saw the good, you know, like yeah. the good parts were really great. So, mm. and like, I, again, I just love people. And so it's just kind of, he took advantage of that for sure. <laughs> it really is a tragic story. Yeah. Some way. But... <laughs> Would it be nicer if it ended up with him in jail, I guess? Hopefully someday. But Why, why I... do people like that become influencers? Bro, the ego. But yeah. Oh, how we got him TikTok, TikTok. Um, yeah, we just basically spread the story and reported him a bunch of times, and then it spread like wildfire. We had our own hashtag. Uh, so, But and then the, eventually, he does TikTok take people down for uh, behavior in real life? You think? Yeah. Yeah, you would think. But I mean, yeah. I mean, did he get banned or what? Yeah, he got banned. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But but he didn't yeah. he but. He didn't violate their terms of service or anything, or technically no, no. So he, he just, he just got... did that for that one text. Hmm. Yeah. So like, oh, and also um, another screwy thing that happened um, when we got our order of protection orders, that order of protection papers, whatever. Um, the judge specifically stated that he had to surrender all of his firearms to the police station um, by a certain date. Um, he lied to the police, said that he did not ever own a gun, despite me having physical photos of him holding said guns. Um, yeah. And uh, he just, he never turned them in. Um, and the judge did not do anything about it um, because he said that, oh, like, I don't know what to tell you. I've never had guns. Like, I've, all I have is, like, cosplay guns. Like, cosplay yeah, guns. Yeah, he had some cosplay like guns but like there was at least two very real ones because he showed me the inner workings of one of them <laughs> mm. so yeah it's that nothing ever came of that either so it just it kind of does go to show like how badly america's like justice system is screwed up but yeah um at least we got the the pfas but had to fight tooth and nail for it. And by the end of this year, well, well, in June, it's going to be up. And then we're just kind of like, okay, we've got to see what happens now. I feel, I feel like the bomb somehow, if they found that they would have taken it really seriously. I don't think they fuck with that somehow. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, because like, yeah, like every I mean, if you, done, if you, if so... you had, if you had a picture or evidence or that, like this game over, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I mean, like, I did have an eyewitness, but didn't prove to show anything. So, because like, yeah, my friend who like our mutual friend, she was there. Like she, she, he threatened to make a bomb in front of her. Like I had a video of her saying that in like her statement. Um, and then she filed a statement about it um, just to have the evidence like in a court setting. And it just, and nothing ever came of it. So yeah yeah i think the only thing that really really incriminated him um was the audio recording that the other girl took i mean the thing is the only thing judges can 
go off by his evidence. So at the same yeah. time, it's fucked up that the police don't do an anything right in the because in a lot of situations, people who are abused they don't have any hard evidence. Yeah. But at the same time, like, how is the judge supposed to know, right? Because the only thing that they have is evidence. They 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 don't right. know. Yeah, and like I get that too, and like I I understand that, you know, it is kind of a he said she said kind of thing, mm -hmm. but when we do have the evidence of what specifically he said, I mean, you, you should like, just testify with a dozen of people and wonder what happens then. I mean, we've talked about it, like we've considered it. I mean, we kind of did that on TikTok. We made like a montage video of I, all I, of us. I feel like stating what he did. I feel like if everything really went down the way you described, this person is, is going to kill someone. If I truly think he will. Like, if, no one, if no one stops the course, uh, you know, that he's going down, he's going yeah. to, at some point, he's going to kill some random. Yeah. No, un I. Unlucky that's, girl. Like, that is unfortunately why, like, I have been so vocal about it. And, like, that's why I, you know, have told my story countless times on social media and stuff and the other girls too like like I said we made like a montage video on TikTok of mm -hmm. all of us like just like I am a victim of this dude and here's what he did and it's just like it's really kind of powerful like it's very like it's like a ASPCA commercial <laughs> but wow. but yeah like I we got some responses from our TikToks, um, one about this girl, um, which I don't have permission to talk about her, but she was an active victim who was now scared after hearing all of the things that she learned from us. And so we had to coach her through that. And like, we, like, it's just baffling that it was still going even after the restraining orders. Yeah, that's really, that's the most frustrating part of your story. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, 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 once again, we're going to have to make a new call. Oh my God, has it really been that long already? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just a nice to talk to. <laughs> Let me make a okay. new one, all right? Also, okay. I, have to, I also have to pee really bad, so it's a good timing. Be right okay. back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you in a few minutes. Hey, oh, are we back? Uh, all right. Are we That's back right. with? Are we back with B? Bea. <laughs> B. Yeah, I was like if, while if, we were if, talking during the intermission. Um, yes. Yeah. B. No, like it's. <laughs> Beatrice, like is, not like, Beatrice. like Beatrix, like with like a X sound. Yeah, it's like a very like southerny type of name, mm. I guess. Um, but I kind of grew up with the weird name. Um, I don't reveal my true name, <laughs> but and then I hated the nickname that came with it. Um, and then after this, I did like some, like this whole situation happened. I did like some soul searching and some healing. And then I decided to pick a new name that just kind of felt like my new identity, you know? So yeah, B isn't yeah. actually my real name. <laughs> you, you do look like a B. I like it. I think it does fit me a lot. Mm. Especially since like I was really close to my dad. And of course, in 2020, like my dad passed away because of course it did like that happened. Um, and like we dreamed oh, of like becoming like, it's okay. Like it sucks, but you know, 
while I'm trauma dumping here. <laughs> um, but like we dreamed of like becoming little beekeepers together and like um, helping like native ease, you know. And so like that that's kind of became my whole identity is like bees. So <laughs> it just kind of fell together. <laughs> kind of cute. Yeah, I dig it. It's my whole identity now. Everybody for every Christmas gift or birthday present gives me something with a bee on it. And I dig that. So <laughs> but yeah. All right. Where did we leave off? Uh, but, uh, let me think. I got distracted by the bee thing. <laughs> I was almost trying to come up with like bad names for you that involve B, like despicable, <laughs> like despicable B, right? It's like <laughs> it's like despicable me, you know? No, okay, that's weird. That's weird. Let's stop. That was, that um, me up. Oh my god! So the weird guy, <laughs> the weird guy is still grooming people on TikTok. Yeah, uh, he's being the top yeah. B. I did, unfortunately, because I live in the same town as him, um, like a couple months ago, I don't, I don't know, it's been a little longer than that. It's been like about a year ago now. Um, I drove, like we were driving opposite directions and I saw that he did have like another girl who seemed like she was probably my age um, uh-huh. in his passenger seat. So, yeah. Uh, and then I like had to pull over because I hyperventilated because I saw him, but I'm not at that point anymore, fortunately. But yeah, like it was, it's like he's definitely somehow still manipulating women. Like, does he have a and, pre- preference for a certain age? Or? It doesn't seem like it. Um, the victims that are in my group chat are all pretty similar in age, um, with the exception of me and two other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the girls. So, so it's not like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio that jumps no. when they turn twenty-five. I feel like he definitely prefers on the younger side. Um, just for like status like I can pull like cute young girls kind of thing um but I truly do think that he will take whatever he can get (laughs) and so yeah I I think that's more of what it is and I think unfortunately young girls are more naive and they're more likely to fall for his tricks so um so how, yeah, are you, like a, so how are you doing nowadays? I know this is maybe a bit off. Yeah. I'm just curious. Just tell me about yeah. you. I mean, like, I'm doing really well. I mean, my life is still kind of up and down. No, um, you're a gifted speaker. But... You're good at uh, telling stories. <laughs> no, for I mean, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm doing okay. Um, All things considered, for sure. Um, I have learned a ton of lessons and I don't tolerate the same kind of things that I went through. Um, I don't take red flags for granted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my therapist says she was proud of me. So, you know, I must be doing something like good. <laughs> um, I've definitely gotten a better hold on my emotions and my codependency tendencies. Um and yeah like I feel like I just have a much better Mm. like arsenal of coping mechanisms now at this point and like I do have to micromanage every single one of my thoughts um all the time and that is exhausting and it does take a toll on you but 
like overall, like I'm doing pretty well. And like, I, again, I have my support system in my little group chat. Um, and like, they're just my best friends, like some of the most amazing people I could have asked for in my life. And like in that group chat to this day, we still like good, bad, sad, happy, anything that happens to us, we share in the group chat and like we hype each other up and like we, you know, we share each other's pains and it's a very wholesome experience. And I, I have genuinely... a strange question though. Yeah. Uh, how do you think that your life would have turned out if you never met him? Ooh, I haven't thought about that. You'd think I would have. <laughs> but I... I know it's a spicy yeah. question. That is a spicy question. I know. I... Daddy is just <laughs> a spicy. <laughs> mm. My despicable be. proceed proceed (laughs) i definitely i feel like i had to kind of mature a little bit faster um i definitely wouldn't have had some of the crazy cool life experiences that i've had because of that other girl like um we went on vacation at one point and it it didn't go well <laughs> we had a good time but it we accidentally went to it's called a sundown town i have no um, idea what that is so what a sundown town is is um because america's racist um if the sun sets in that town on a, like a person of color like they need to leave the town um or they will be hurt mm-hmm. like it's it's a serious awful disgusting thing um but we randomly rented a cabin in the woods um, in a very rural area, just trying to get away from society for a minute and just, you know, have like girl time. Um, and then as soon as we got there, we saw <laughs> billboards with KKK um, advertisements on them. So <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm laughing, but like <laughs> in like an uncomfortable way <laughs> this time. It was just, of course, that that would happen. And, like, I'm a white girl, but the other girl is a person of color. And so it was just even more fucked. And it was just, oh, my God. It was just, it was kind of like, oh, of course, this would happen (laughs) to us, kind of, after this happened. But Mm. we had fun hiking. You know, we were fortunately able to stay pretty far away from the actual town because we were, you know, renting a little cabin in the woods and stuff. But god it was just like of course of course <laughs> and it was like truly like a random destination yeah that we just happened to have like chosen incorrectly i mean <sighs> we've we've already had fucked up lord of the rings this is more like harry <laughs> harry potter or something <laughs> hogwarts yeah yeah hmm. so yeah that happened um and then i got since i'm talking about 2020 i got into two car accidents shortly after that <laughs> oh within a week apart from each other sure why not <laughs> yeah of course. How, how did that happen how did you get into our car accidents like i know this is off topic but now i'm intrigued <laughs> yeah no might as well i guess um yeah so the first one um i was like for a little while because i had to quit my job because of how stressed i was oh oh also while like after the court hearing um i caught covid and was bedridden for two months straight wow because of covid i had 
because of COVID. Yeah, it took me out. And I think it took me out so bad because I was so stressed. Are you immunocompromised? Or, oh, it was, of course. Well, yeah. I think stuff like uh, PTSD at times can make you more vulnerable, you know? I Yeah, I mean, like definitely. Your mental and physical health and your immune system are often tied together. So you never know. Right. Yeah. Let's so just... I think that's why it took me out so bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then, the, yeah, that happens. 2020 was a year for me but then okay so the car accidents I was delivery driving for a little while for like a um it's not DoorDash but like a DoorDash type of thing um and I live in a college town and the college kids had just come back from the summer and uh so there was this girl who we were on a one-way lane and she saw that a parking spot that she wanted and she decided she was going to back up because she had passed it And she just straight up didn't look behind her, did not know that there was a car behind her, despite me literally laying on my horn because she's coming at me, smashes my headlight in. Damn. It's not yeah. like you, it's not like you needed extra PTSD. Right. Literally. And then it gets worse. <laughs> it's the second one. So I finally get my car fixed. And I start eat I start like the food delivery thing again. Um And uh, I pick up an order and there's this like really awful, terrible parking lot in my town. It's just it's the city planner was drunk or something when he decided to make that. Um, and I was trying to get out of it. And this dude in a truck was definitely texting and driving like he was not looking at the road. Um, and uh, yeah, he plowed right into the side of my car. Um, you are definitely a main character <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> you are a main character like damn yeah i didn't ask for this i don't want to be <laughs> sometimes it's better to be the npc you know literally like even for just like a year i would just like to be like a side character just just for a break <laughs> mm. my god um, but yeah so then yeah that happens my car was totaled <laughs> and to buy a new car Um, and then because I had to buy a new car, uh, my like original loan for the first car, apparently because credit scores are a thing, um, (laughs) (laughs) apparently that like damaged my credit because that loan went away. So I just had no credit history. And so I almost wasn't able to buy a new car. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty fun living here. A streak of unfortunate events. Yep. Yep. But um yep. but did we answer the question? Like how do you think that I mean you said um to go oh, back yeah. to my question, like how would your life turn out if you never met him? Oh. You said, well, it forced you to grow up really fast at a young age, I suppose. But right. Yeah. But what to me what is interesting is that a lot of your friends you also made through this experience and to me that's that's interesting you know mm-hmm. it, it kind of almost tells me that that's what you were looking for maybe all along like i don't want to yeah. i don't want to make too much no, con- conjectures right. about you because i'm not i'm not freaking dr phil but like <laughs> at, at the same no. time i just at, at some level i just see someone who just wants to be accepted i guess and you went yeah. to great lengths to find that in a person who wasn't capable of providing it i guess yeah 
you're very intuitive I I think you're right there um like having like that sense of belonging with my little group chat has absolutely been like essential to my healing first of all um but like yeah it has given me you know like a sense of belonging and um I really over the last two years have worked very very hard um to build up my self-esteem like I've always been really really self-conscious like really oh yeah low self-esteem like thought lowly of myself and so like I've worked really really hard the last couple years um on that and I don't think that I would have done that if it wasn't for this experience and for you know my my new friends like my support group like Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'd be as at least mentally healthy as I am now all things considered like I'm still severely mentally ill but like I have a better there's no need to go hard on yourself like (laughs) from, from the way I'm hearing you talk about yourself and the experience right now to me it seems like you're a person that uh, for the for the biggest part is over it not completely yeah. but yeah. I, don't, I don't think you I can ever completely get over something like that but yeah. as, as much as you're capable of getting over an experience like this you're probably like at the max that's what I right. feel. I feel that way too yeah and, and- you know I, I, I hear similar stories from time to time and the, the common theme is also women with very low self-esteem. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's, that's definitely, if, if there's other people listening to this, uh, especially women, like the best thing that you can do to yourself is build more self-esteem. Absolutely. Because you know, that's how most people end up in uh, abusive situations because somebody just yeah. knows how to take advantage of that, you know exactly like the biggest thing that I had to work on um was you know I had no value to myself and so yeah for two years I just I with the help of my therapist for sure like shout out to her she's the best oh okay but yeah like it started I started out small even like I started with something that I considered really silly um that my therapist um recommended And it was like making up compliments to myself, writing them on a sticky note and putting them on the mirror and not removing them. No matter what, I was not allowed to remove them. And at first I was like, this is stupid. Like, this is lame. Like, this how is this? You need more compliments? I think you're (laughs) good. I think you're good at deductive reasoning. Thanks. (laughs) But yeah, so I, I just, you literally have to train yourself and you have to start small. And because like, I truly believe that every person is so worthy of you know love and loving themselves and everyone just, has traits worth complimenting for sure yeah except, like, you, ex- except your ex yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no screw that guy he's the one exception in the world well maybe not I mean, one but even the energy the even the energy drinks he drinks are gross you know there's, <laughs> there's nothing nothing positive no. to say but man like i literally i couldn't think of we're talking about a man who's watching tangled like that <laughs> I mean, at least you could have had a good taste in movies if you're going to be that much of a train wreck but you can't even have that okay listen listen as far as disney movies go tangled was my favorite as far as disney movies am i roasting it too hard (laughs) you're hurting my feelings bart Uh, (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding kidding. that's okay but yeah no like when I started the sticky note thing and like my self-esteem journey, like I literally could not think of anything to write. Like I, 
was like sitting in front of the mirror just sobbing and so i wrote the most arbitrary you are you are you are such a smooth talker though like that's what (laughs) write it on a sticky note right now like the way you talk and the energy you have in this podcast is unmatched it's oh thank you i'm telling you no i'm serious (laughs) you're made for this right now well thanks i just i talk a lot (laughs) but yeah but that's good right talking is not always a bad thing (laughs) the very first sticky note that i wrote though um i i just i want to share this for anybody that's listening because i thought it was the stupidest thing the stupidest thing but it was something it was something that i put on that board and it was i have small feet and so therefore in like ancient japan or something what? I would be considered beautiful. <laughs> like, it was so dumb. Like it was literally it was such the reachiest of reaches. But after or, I did that, or you just make fun of of your feet until it becomes attractive. <laughs> right, that too. But because I had thanks one for teaching me that trick. Board, by the way, it got easier. Yeah, like I just, I ended up with like a lot of sticky notes, and I was like, okay. And then just I yeah stopped with like negative talk. Um, anytime that I would you know say something bad about myself in my head like I would you know correct myself and go the other way and like eventually it got a lot easier and I think it's really important for Mm -hmm. everybody to learn those strategies um and like people underestimate how far confidence goes in life yeah I think confidence is maybe more important than being competent or attractive (laughs) if you're confident you can get away with so much stuff right (laughs) exactly exactly but yeah, it just, it definitely, this whole experience kind of put like the flame under my butt to truly like accept who I am and like all that jazz. And so like, I'm a lot more comfortable with myself. Like I just still struggle. I mean, like I have really bad days sometimes. Um, and I recently had like another traumatic event happen that I'm not, I'm not going to get into. <laughs> this is very recent. So it's so fresh. And, and I just, I had like a like a little relapse um with like content warning like an eating disorder type of situation um oh and that's another thing um uh, yeah the dude fetishized my eating disorder <laughs> that's another oh my thing. god oh my god yeah I keep forgetting about these little details like that <laughs> but, but you are t- t- you are dating a cartoon villain I swear like yeah. <laughs> like freaking Sauron or Voldemort would have treated you more nicely literally oh my god yeah he th- he thought it was like the coolest thing that I just never ate. <laughs> I feel like I should go down on the pop culture references here, but we get the point, right? Yeah. Honestly, but yeah. So I had a recent relapse, um, mm-hmm. but it was a lot easier for me to get through it um, because one, I knew that. Let's, let let's be real. From what I can understand, things like PTSD they tend to be lifelong chronic yeah so yeah yeah and like I still have nightmares like as of recently it was like the other day like I still have nightmares that he comes to my house and harms me um which like I said I don't live alone anymore which definitely helps um I think I think when when it's when it's important when you relapse that you don't you go into the mindset of wow I relapsed so all my progress has been futile it's it's worthless because you're not back where you started you made progress You're you're always exactly. you're always going to relapse probably unfortunately if you have PTSD but it right possibly get and less, like less frequent and less severe like pretty much anything like 
you're gonna have setbacks um but I realized this round of my you know mental illnesses and stuff um I lashed out at my partner and it was a whole ordeal um but it was a lot easier for me to reel myself in it was a lot easier than it ever has been to calm myself down and reevaluate and like communicate like I've, I've, I've been working really hard and I finally did get to see the payoff and it was just kind of a really awesome feeling I'm happy for you thank you <laughs> It, so, would, it would make me sad if someone like you who is so good at you know, expressing themselves <laughs> would be, I guess, uh, sabotaged by people who, yeah. I don't even know how to word this, <laughs> trying to find a tactical way, but it would, be a, it would be a waste, but that's like maybe a weird thing to say. No, I appreciate you know, it. It, yeah. would be, it would be a shame to give people like that power. Yeah. yeah, but I now know that I will never give people like that that power again. Like I learned my lesson, I learned it the hard way, and I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> and without without this experience, do you think it would have taken you a longer time to arrive to oh, the conclusion? For sure, for sure. Yeah, so, I learned. I mean, so I, many lessons. So I'm, not, I'm not implying it was worth it because one good thing came I out mean, of it, but like, yeah. A silver lining maybe right exactly like that's why like in the beginning of this like I said that like there are some wholesome moments to it where you know like my friends and you know my journey to accepting myself as who I am um like I I am thankful for the experience even though I wish I hadn't have had to go through it <laughs> uh, no that makes sense that's a good way to yeah. work it I guess yeah yeah but so Yeah, and like like I said, I like also having um kind of like a big sister figure in the other girl because you know she, like I said she um was his age, um, me being like eleven years younger, um, she also is one of the main parts of why like I stopped fearing aging. You know, like becoming thirty years old was terrifying. Oh the my god, I'm twenty nine. No, <laughs> that would be my worst nightmare. I'm But then I realized. But then I realized how cool people in their 30s actually still are. Thank you. I already <laughs> feel like, better. So cool. <laughs> I age like, like wine. Like, 30s are still a pretty good decade, apparently. So I think so. I think you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. The, depending on your genetics, you can be hot until your 40s. But uh, well, well yeah. no, that's that's a weird thing to say. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um i had a question but i forgot about it for some oh, reason <laughs> i forgot i forgot my words for a second but um uh, let me see let me get back okay. on track here somehow i believe in you you have I to help you you have to help me you're 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 the you're the you're the talker here you're the oh god <laughs> i don't know <laughs> for for, I... for a moment i became european i forgot english i have that sometimes <laughs> it's all right um my brother adopted brother um is german and he just straight up blends german and english and i have to decode it so yeah it's, yeah. it's weird but sometimes in situations that i'm confused i literally switch in my head back from english to dutch and and i get confused i don't know yeah. it's, a, it's a weird thing yeah no like it's really interesting to me like because i i 
unfortunately I'm not cool and I can't speak two languages because America's education system but like I definitely like imagine that that would get kind of confusing sometimes as for um oh yeah this is what I wanted to say I think my takeaway is that uh, I I hope that you find the compassion that I assume maybe you didn't receive from anyone when you were younger and but it also feels like you have found that maybe yeah Ooh. so all right I think somebody is lighting off fireworks in my neighborhood yeah. <laughs> it just scared the crap out of me <laughs> or guns yeah, no, no, that, I, I, I feel no, like you can tell the difference you can tell the difference <laughs> I feel like we have a, we live in a kind of individualistic and cold society and a lot of these yeah. problems a lot of these problems yes. just stem from the fact that people are intolerant to each other you know yeah and very and impersonal very, making, making very friends is hard nowadays person. you know let alone be, be being <laughs> accepted by anyone yeah. it sucks it, it sucks truly it sucks truly. if you if you live in a if if you know if you live in the western world it's already plagued by yeah isolation and mental health issues you know if you combine those things it just becomes like a this sad tragic mm -hmm. thing. i mean like i can't speak for like the rest of the world by any means yeah i mean because, I, like, I, I, I literally i I'm not I've, like, a, I'm not literally saved myself <laughs> my entire life uh, but like at least where i'm from like yeah it is a very individualized culture like um the community doesn't band together very easily. Um, when it does, it's beautiful. Um, my boss does, uh, he's a saint and he is like single-handedly rallying the town to make a change. But yeah, like it is very all man, like everyone for themselves essentially type of culture. And it creates mm -hmm. a lot of loneliness and unstableness and anxiety because we are social creatures. We are social animals. I agree. And I just find it really sad. Like food and water, I think just being accepted is just a very basic human need, and we are not we are <laughs> not being provided that, and that leads yeah. to and that leads to abuse. I think. Yeah. I generally think so. Like, yeah. This is, this is. I haven't even done that much interviews yet. I just started this podcast, but I'm already starting to see a trend of people who are just isolated and don't get help and just get taken advantage of. If more people, yeah. if people had more stable foundations, you know, they yeah. felt more accepted by other people. I think you'll see a lot less suffering. Absolutely. I know this is this is a very obvious truth, and maybe I'm like preaching to the choir. I don't know. <laughs> but, I, I like I like hearing it because I'm thinking the same way, and so it's just like you know the confirmation that yeah. But I am also extremely fortunate comparatively that like I grew up with a very supportive family, like although we didn't really talk a lot about, you know, mental health and things like that. Um, I never had to feel that like, my family weren't gonna be there for me. My biggest issue was like my peers, like I was bullied relentlessly to the point where I had to switch high schools. Um, oh and like, I literally, I literally drove, well, not drove, but like, rode in a car for 45 minutes to get to my new high school every morning every night <laughs> like because it was so much better than the one that I had previously been in that was like a block away from my house um mm -hmm. so a lot of it comes more so from my peers um and so I think that's why it translated really um into like friendship like I craved friendship more than anything and like um, I also grew up with a, a best friend who was like the hot girl, you know, like she was like the it girl. 
And I was kind of homely as a kid. Like I, I'll admit that I, I wasn't mm -hmm. the cutest no, I can, child. I, but... <laughs> I, I can relate. I think I also grew up <laughs> as a child. I, I did have friends, but in in high school there were a few years that I kind of struggled. You know, to make. Yeah. A, I still struggle with that sometimes. I have friends, but it's hard to make meaningful connections with people for me sometimes. I don't know why. Yeah, it because it's it's a challenge. Like it genuinely is hard. Like mm -hmm. I mean. With the people that I'm in this group chat with, um, as much as I absolutely adore them, um, I do know that, like, if it wasn't for the situation, we most likely would have never become friends because, like, we don't have a lot in common except for this thing. But because we just, you know, created a bond so fast and so immediately that it just it kind of fell into place. The friendship kind of fell into place. But otherwise, yeah, no, like, I also do struggle with it because it is a difficult task I think like making connections yeah. with people like that I understand well <clears throat> here's my thoughts on everything I hear <laughs> okay. um, all right I think your story is definitely was definitely worth sharing and Thank you. I feel like you've sort of covered most of it haven't you that's yeah, what I'm no, feeling that's it yeah like, if I'm reading covered if, everything if I'm reading the room here I think that yeah. we know at that point. <laughs> second of all we've been talking for like how long is it uh Two and a, well, how long is it? Two and a half hours or something? 40 times like three, four. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So my, my timer, my timer says we have nine minutes left. <laughs> Holy um, crap. Oh my God. But yeah. um, first of all, I would like to thank you, I guess, for sharing. Yeah. Thank I you for giving me the platform to share. Yeah, well, no, no problem, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's a, maybe an awkward response, but like. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah so is there anything that you would like to ask me maybe that's a way to end the end the episode i guess Ooh. You, don't, um, you don't have to though you don't have to moths 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 Perfect. yes that's exactly what i wanted <laughs> mm. moths are pretty nice I no, think they're pretty cool. I like insects, but the, what the one thing that drove me insane is I'm just making insects uh, videos full time all day, every day. Yeah, that's and so I, cool. But you know, the reason I, I just I don't know, it feels in a way it feels lonely. I wanted to make something that's more humanizing. That's yeah. why that's why I wanted to make this podcast because for some reason, just filming insect all day, it's fun, it's my life passion. But it also stops being engaging in a certain way. Yeah. No, I totally I mean, get I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm not losing any interest in a subject. I'm just obsessed. But I guess you could say it is lonely. It exactly. It is, it is, you know. I get that. It is nice to have like a side project, like a podcast that's humanizing. Mm -hmm. no, yeah. It's, it's, you more, to... it's more personal. I'm usually not that yeah. personal on social media, you know. Yeah. And you get to like actually talk with people. Like, I mean, yeah. I can't I like relate it. with like moths. I like talking like, I love to you moths. by the way. <laughs> I like talking to you. You're really easy to talk to. But like, sure that if me... I if I randomly met you in a bar somewhere in real life you would be talking to. So. <laughs> maybe someday when I can it's been a dream of mine to visit Amsterdam. So maybe someday. <laughs> but mm. like kind of going off with like your moth thing like for me it's fish. <laughs> um I'm a fish keeper and mm. like as much as I love my little little weird babies like yeah like they can't talk back <laughs> like they can interact with me and some of them have little personalities but 
yeah, it's it's definitely a different experience. Um, mm-hmm. actually talking with another human being who understands you. Yeah. So I get I get what you're saying with that. Yes, yeah, it's um it's, it's um distraction that's less lonely, I guess. But I'm also I've always been interested in people's life stories. You know, uh-huh. I think um we indulge a lot in escapism and fantasy stories but like some of the real things people experience they're crazier than fantasy so i've learned yeah (laughs) and 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 it's worth sharing because a lot of people they don't take their time of the day to -hmm. think to think about the the, this this maybe crazy things that other people are going through you know it helps it helps to think about it it helps us relate to each other a little bit better i think and another thing is i'm i'm a very vanilla person like i haven't really been through i mean i I have some uh, minor struggles in particular Mm -hmm. with with autism i've been diagnosed with it Mm -hmm. it makes my life harder i'm not going to talk too much about it right now because we have five minutes left and i also I also don't want to cent- center it too much on, about, on myself, you know? That's another thing. That's another thing. All the content I make is centered on me as a person. It's about me. And it's nice yeah. It's nice to reverse that, you know, to not be the center of everything I do for once. Yeah. I like that for once. But um, I'll tell you. I like I, that for you. Branching out. I like that. I have some uh, minor issues in my life. Uh, I do struggle with autism and I guess being independent. But at the same time, I have two middle class parents who support me and my ridiculously stupid hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> it's not I, stupid. <laughs> I haven't had any major trauma in my life. I have never been abused. I don't think I've ever experienced things like depression. And I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying that because no. I am interested in people's stories for that reason. Because yeah. I haven't been through shit. I am interested in learning about it, I guess, you know? Yeah. I, I want to get out of my bubble. Somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it helps you relate. And I think I can relate to that, too. I'm sorry, we're going to run out of time. But, like, I can relate to that, too. Four minutes. Like, <laughs> when I switched my high schools, um, I went from a high school that was very conservative, very, ex- like, the reason why I was, ki- like, bullied out of it was because like I was you know kind of going more goth and punk and like I listened to weird music and all that jazz and so um basically Mm -hmm. my worldview because like I was surrounded by people who literally drove tractors to school (laughs) was Mm. very slim but then I moved and like my graduating class at that high school would have been I think 12 people yeah. And I went to a high school where my graduating class was almost, I think it was like almost 2000. So like I got to experience a lot more um, diverse people and like it's, it's truly opening up your worldview by talking to other people, I think is just also extremely important. And I think the world would be a better place if more people did that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. <laughs> We can we, we can finish the last three minutes or we can say goodbye now. Thank you for talking. Um, yeah. Wow, that was a, quite a long podcast, man. Thank <laughs> you, bad. I guess. Really, seriously, thank you. I, I did say, I did uh, say that it, it was a wild story. <laughs> I feel like we could talk for 10 hours if I really pushed it. I, tr- I mean, probably. I, tr- I tried to focus. I'm good at, at talking. I can talk a lot. Yeah. You're definitely a main character. Everything is the... The B movie, uh, you know? I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to be the B the, movie. 
The one with this, the Nicolas Cage CGI B. Maybe you'll get a voice over someday. Oh, well, no, no, thank you. I don't need the romance of B, but thank you. <laughs> on that note, I think I'm going to end it. I guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> bye. It was great talk Daddy says bye. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> maybe sometime in the well, maybe sometime in the future we can do a follow up. Maybe a okay. year down the line. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of Probably hoping. I, I'm also weird. kind of. I'm. I'm also hoping that there's no bad things happening to you to fill a podcast with, though. Like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It I'm would, hoping. It would be better if there's no part two if you think about it, but you never. True. Know. What life throws I have been at you, right? Hoping I've been every like I'm kind of superstitious in that like um every like eleven eleven every time I see it or like anytime like I see a shooting star like things like that uh -oh. I literally wish for good things to happen and so if something good really like really good doesn't happen I swear to God I'm gonna be so mad at the universe mm. <laughs> so hopefully next time will be mostly good things <laughs> hopefully. Well, thank you and goodbye. Bye. That was it. Ciao, ciao. Bye. bye, bye, bye. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, that was a long episode, but that's not something to complain about. In fact, it is something positive. Bia, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Thank you for being so open about your experiences. I personally think that that is something admirable. And I am not sure if I would be that open about it if I was in your position. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second episode of my brand new podcast. This is called the Rhodopneuma podcast and your host is Bart Coppens. Rhodopneuma is a very strange name for a podcast, isn't it? What does it mean? Well, it is a reference to several things at once. First of all, most people on the internet, they already know me as that guy on YouTube who studies butterflies and moths. In the world of entomology, I am somewhat well-known as a YouTuber, but also a blogger and an amateur-level entomologist slash researcher that studies silk moths, hawk moths, and some other families of moths as well. However, I am currently trying to make a whole new brand of content, something more humanizing, something that has nothing to do with insects. And the name Rhodopneuma is a reference to those insects because it refers to my favorite species of moth, the pink spirit moth, Actios Rhodopneuma. So while it is a personal reference to my favorite insect, its scientific name also has a beautiful meaning. Rhodopneuma. If, if we translate this from Greek, it essentially means rose-colored spirit. Rhodo from rhodon, which means rose or rose-colored, and pneumos, which means breath, wind, soul or spirit. Actios rhodopneuma, the moth also happens to be pink in color, by the way. It means rose-colored spirit. And I think that is a beautiful and poetic word, a rose-colored spirit. It reminds me of rose-tinted glasses, perhaps, you know, the pink glasses that we put on every day to see the positive things in our world, even when things seem difficult or bleak. And I do think that every person at the end of the day, 
has a rose-colored spirit, or collectively, we as humans have a rose-colored spirit, because despite the terrible things that happen from time to time, sometimes we come out of it at the end with optimism, with rose-tinted glasses, with a rose-colored spirit. So I thought the meaning of that was beautiful for my podcast, while also referencing my precious insects. Last but not least, everybody and their mother has a podcast nowadays. Podcasting is super popular. Therefore, it's extremely difficult to find any original name. Almost any name that I tried was already taken. But this one is unique, and it makes it easy to find me. Now, another thing that I want to say, guys, is this is our second episode. This is the second episode of my brand new podcast. And I am asking you guys for help. Now, don't worry. I am not asking for financial support. I am not thinking about monetization or anything at this moment. Because the most important thing when you start something new on social media is finding an audience for it. And that's what I'm doing right now. The hardest thing about making a new YouTube channel, a new podcast, or a new website is finding your initial audience. It's finding your first viewers who want to listen to the things that you make. And right now, we don't have many viewers. We don't have many subscribers and we don't have many followers. Why? It has nothing to do with the quality of the show, but it has everything to do with the fact that the show is brand new. If you start a brand new podcast, you're going to start with those zero followers, zero viewers. And the hardest part is getting noticed, getting your first followers to get it off the ground. So if you are listening to this right now and you like this episode, please consider sharing it. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your co-workers. Share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it on Reddit. Maybe you know people with similar experiences. And for them, it could even be helpful to listen to a podcast where somebody else talks about going through a similar experience. Maybe it makes them feel less alone. Maybe they will find it relatable. Maybe they will even take away things from it that will help them make more informed decisions about their situation. That, my friends, is a thing that helps. This podcast is about people who have interesting and unusual life stories. This can be anything. It is very broad. Now, many people have reached out to me with stories of abuse, stories of trauma, and I am not afraid of covering them. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be dark. It can also be lighthearted such as I won the lottery or I have an identical twin sister. That is also an interesting and unusual life story, just as much as abuse could be, for example. I don't discriminate as long as it's worth talking about. Now, if you know somebody who has had an unusual or interesting life experience that you think is worth sharing on this podcast, reach out to me, send me a message, send me an email, Send me a private message on Instagram or Facebook. Tell me your story and I would consider inviting you as a guest on my new show. 
Thank you guys for listening. This was Bart Coppens, your silly YouTuber, moth slash butterfly man, slash podcaster, slash blogger, slash, well, whatever you want to call me. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. It gave us a lot to think about. It's interesting how the subject matter was dark, but Bia can talk, you know, can t talk about it in such a whimsical way that makes it feel almost lighthearted. I think that's kind of cute. It's a good talent to have. It doesn't trivialize the issues. It doesn't trivialize the stories, but it shows a high level of acceptance and self-reflection to be able to laugh about it in hindsight and talk about it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys will stick around to listen to the next episode. I have many people lined up for interviews. Listen to it at your work, while you're sitting in the car, while you're driving. Listen to it while you're cooking or cleaning your house. Play it on the background as music when you're drawing or reading. And spread the message. Share the podcast with your friends. That would help me massively. We to take this thing off the ground, the first thing we're going to need is viewers and listeners. Well, that was enough propaganda. Just had to add this as an ending. Whew, I have a lot to think about. Thank you, guys. Hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.